Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. All right, hello, hello, everyone. Very special episode here today. I know I say that a lot, but this really is. I'm really honored to have the guests that we have today speaking with Justin Harvey. I guess I would call him an activist here. He's constantly taking on directly, face-to-face, all kinds of issues that we would group all together and call the New World Order. A lot of us spread awareness, but he actually confronts city councils, mayors, politicians, and other people involved with various scams like vaccines, fluoride, chemtrails, and recently he's taken on the NASA hoax. I was super glad to talk to him because I love the way he does it. And I don't think all of us can do it the way he does it, but more of us should. And after our talk here at the end, I'm going to come in and talk about some other ways that I think we can work to take down the system or change it or however you want to look at it. Now, I have put a video version of this interview. It's both of us just sitting on webcams, but I added some visuals as well, just a bit. I put that on Rumble because it's definitely not going to be allowed on YouTube. And I put it on Patreon. Patreon is a great way to support this podcast if you choose. You don't have to, but you could join for two bucks or four bucks or whatever. The link is in the description and I appreciate it. We're going to keep doing this no matter what, but it helps a lot. There's no monetization here. We've been demonetized on basically every platform. I do make my living selling supplements, mostly on Instagram. But there's no money involved in any of this media production. So everyone who's a guest and everyone who helps edit, everyone does it for free. As I've been talking about Patreon more, I've got a handful of patrons and I can't thank you enough. And honestly, if we could get some more, I think we could do even more on this podcast. I know a lot of you guys really appreciate this. I think we cover some really important topics here, mostly around health. But I also know that you guys like these kind of conspiracy topics as well. Well, I'm into conspiracies too, and I actually featured Justin in the latest installment of my Wag the Dog Theory series. I've also put the series on Rumble. It's banned from YouTube and it's banned from BitChute even if you can believe that. 
And I have put each installment, there's four of them now, I just finished the fourth one. I've been doing it every year now. I put them all on their own website, wagthedogtheory.com. And I did feature Justin in this installment, and part four, I really like it. I think it's actually the best one so far. You don't have to watch them in order, but the four episodes together are about 13 hours of content, and there's very little filler involved. There's a lot there, and there's a lot of people that I know in the conspiracy world that have told me that there's a lot of stuff in those videos that they never even saw before, or they never even knew before. And just like this podcast, there's no money involved in Wag the Dog Theory. I started that series because I knew the pandemic was fake. From the beginning, I never wavered from that position. If you didn't know, I am in the health business, the alternative health business. And there were a lot of people talking about, oh, lab leaks and all this stuff. But I knew that the footage they showed us originally of Chinese people falling dead in the streets was fake, 100% fake. And of course, that never happened anywhere elsewhere. People didn't drop dead in Canada or whatever. It was sold to us on a lie, and everything was built on top of that lie. And I did write more about this in my book, Fake Diseases. So I highly recommend checking out Wag the Dog Theory. You can do it on Rumble or wagthedogtheory.com, and you can download all of them on wagthedogtheory.com for free, no problem. I do recommend sharing it. Back in 2007, someone showed me Zeitgeist the movie, and I don't agree with everything it said in that video, but it made me look at the world differently and I could never go back. So I know the power of a nice, long, well-edited production. And that's what I've tried to do with these Wag the Dog Theory videos. And a lot of people have told me that either they woke up because of the Wag the Dog Theory videos, one of them or all of them. I've seen people wake up from those videos. I've shown it to them and watched them change their mind. And the latest installment we take on NASA and a bunch of other topics. Probably the most controversial topics so far. And even last week we showed it to a buddy of ours who believed that the moon landing was real and all this stuff. And I said, hey man, give us 15 minutes on this video. I bet you won't believe it anymore. This guy was yelling at the TV within 15 minutes. They're lying to us. I can't believe I fell for it. It's powerful stuff. Check it out. And of course, you can find my book, Fake Diseases, and all the other books that I've written and helped produce all on my website, notusbooks.org. And there you can also find an archive of these podcasts and episodes that are not posted here and that I might not even get around to posting. Since we got this podcast taken down earlier this year, I have been re-uploading what I can. Some episodes were lost permanently. And I'm busy, to be honest. It's a long process of re-uploading everything. So I've created this archive on my website where you can view them all for free, no ads or anything, and you can download them for free. And there's actually a special treat in those episodes, the ones that are posted to the archive. You can also find all of my channels. We're most active on Instagram. We've got YouTube channels, but I'm basically not posting much to YouTube anymore. Because, if you didn't know, YouTube is now officially punishing health channels. YouTube hates health information. YouTube and all of the other big platforms, big companies, big tech companies, they're all highly invested in mainstream medicine, if you did not know this. Especially YouTube, Google, Alphabet Corporation. They're directly invested, first of all, in stocks of pharmaceutical companies, but they're also invested themselves in diagnostic technologies and apps and other things that 
rely on mainstream medicine to stay in place. In other words, these big apps, these big corporations rely on the status quo. And that's why they're so against health information. So there's also no guarantee that this podcast is going to stay up. If you come looking for this one day and it's not here, you know why. So bookmark the archive, download episodes. They may not be there forever. They could take down my website too. I don't know. But I definitely don't trust Rumble to stay legit. I guess it's legit now. It's not censored really. There's no reason to believe that it will stay that way. Same with the Patreon, even though I've been putting everything on Patreon as well. I don't trust any of these companies, and you shouldn't either. And finally, since I am in the health business and I do make my living selling supplements, if you reach out to me, if you have a health problem or don't, you just want to stay healthy and prevent a health problem, you can message me on any of the platforms, especially Instagram. It's not just me. I have help. Other people answering the messages there. We do that full-time. It's free. There's no obligation. We give you a questionnaire. You fill it out. And we give you our best advice to follow. It's up to you whether you take it or not. I'll only make money if you buy the supplements. Or you could email me. This information is in the description of this podcast. And it's also on my website, notusbooks.org, in the channels section. Find all the channels and my email. And though this episode today is not directly about health, it is indirectly because Justin has been very involved in protesting against vaccines, especially mandatory vaccines, which is our biggest problem with it, by the way. I just did a vaccine episode recently. You can check that out, my opinion on vaccines. But at the bottom line, I don't really care if it's poison or not. I care about my choice whether to take it or not. Soda pop Coca-Cola is poison. I don't really care. You can take it if you want. I don't recommend it if you're asking me my advice. But I absolutely care about my right to refuse drinking Coca-Cola. So I hope you like this talk. I'm going to jump in at the end and talk about more stuff that we could do to protest in our own way. Let's jump in. Justin, Mr. Harvey, thank you so much for joining me. Honestly, I'm incredibly excited. I really am. I don't think I've ever told somebody else that they are my hero. That's <laughs> the truth. I say it with a straight face, not sarcastic at all. There's a lot of people that take action, but there's very few people who take it in a very classy way i think i really like the way that you deliver just facts like you could have been a lawyer you know just these are the facts here about uh emf radiation was the first way i connected with you on on instagram about the 5g thing and then you jumped onto the the vaccine thing in 2020 the pandemic you were all over it you were protesting the whole time you weren't sitting around very very awesome to see and like i said you do it in a very tasteful way Tasteful is probably the best word for it, in my opinion. You're not making a fool out of the conspiracy community or truth community. You're not out there, you know, rabidly calling people liars. They're liars. They're trying to kill us all. And all. Even right. if that's the truth behind it, you do it in a very mature way. It's very, very good. You got your facts, usually a folder of facts with you. You bring this elephant into the, into the town halls. It's really great. The elephant in the room. And I guess to start this off, I'd love to just give you free reign. You should know that my audience is very, very open to this in general. Most of them will be here from the health stuff that we do. But of course, you do overlap in that with both your radiation work and I say work, you're bringing awareness and challenging the city councils and all this stuff about radiation and about vaccines. That's very much a health issue. But you've also jumped a little bit more into the deep end more recently. 
And uh, I, I saved this clip here. I don't know if we can we can watch it together. I can share the screen here. And even the people listening should get the gist of it. This is from back in April, but I loved it. So you're in Florida. So you're yep. where there's a lot of hoaxes going on. But let me play this clip where you're confronting the city council and showing them or saying very, very basic things. We're calling them out very specific things that's going on with the uh, the space and how this all connects together, by the way. I hope people don't think that this is all out of left field. This all connects together. What they show us on the media is fake in general. Exactly. I, since, since the beginning with the pandemic, um, I saw the videos of Chinese people falling dead in the streets. And that's what the pandemic was sold to us as. This is what's going to happen in America and so on. No one ever fell down anywhere else. You know, that was completely fake. They created the whole pandemic from fake footage. And then all this other stuff built on top of it, to me, is completely irrelevant. If the thing was started from a fake wag the dog type events, this is what I call this stuff, wag the dog theory from the 1997 movie Wag the Dog with uh, Robert De Niro and Dustin Hoffman showing how they created a, a fake war in Albania to distract the American public from a sex scandal with the presidency. And I just think that's an amazing blueprint of how all this stuff goes down. And I, I literally am at the point where I don't think anything they show us is real, especially this space stuff. And we can get we can get deeper into it later. I'm I'm gonna let you talk, I promise. But this is how I wanted to introduce you. I think this is one of the most off awesome clips you've done. You know, the vaccine stuff is very, very important. The EMF stuff is very, very important, but it's not as scandalous to me as uh, them creating literally an entire fake world for us from CGI and paintings. So let's check this out. Good afternoon, commissioners. Today, I'd like to bring to your attention a potential fraud on an enormous scale happening in your county. There's now clear evidence of NASA using numerous methods to grossly mislead the public about astronauts being on the International Space Station. During interior ISS scenes from NASA's own live feed, the use of wires, harnesses, green screens, and virtual reality have been detected to achieve the appearance of a weightless environment. Examples of this include astronauts fading in and out of the screen, green screen glitches, grabbing objects that aren't really there, pulling on invisible wires, getting tangled in their harnesses, and even astronauts appearing out of thin air. This begs the obvious question. If they're really up there, why are they using Hollywood techniques to fake the footage? Now, unfortunately, I can't show you these clips in here today, but I will be sending them to you. Outside the International Space Station, during spacewalks, air bubbles have been recorded on numerous occasions. How is it possible for air bubbles to be present in the vacuum of space? I once questioned astronaut Scott Kelly about this phenomenon. His body language and answers only created more questions. In 2013, astronaut Luca Parmitano nearly drowned during a spacewalk when his helmet filled with water. This happened again just last year. Air bubbles, helmets filling with water, and drowning. Are they in space or are they underwater? Now what's really interesting is that they train for spacewalks in an underwater pool with a complete ISS replica. Now, surely they aren't filming these spacewalks in an underwater pool and then editing them to appear if they're in space, because that sure would be something, wouldn't it? I'm calling on the Brevard County Commissioners to open a full investigation into NASA's fraudulent practices and use of taxpayer dollars. It costs NASA $3 billion per year to operate the ISS, and if they don't have a darn good explanation as to why they're faking these videos, I and the public would like a darn good explanation as to where our tax money is going. And if they are indeed faking the funk, it is our duty to expose and eliminate this fraudulent and astronomically wasteful ISS program. And look, I know what you're all thinking. 
The NASA is part of the federal government, and you're just county commissioners. Even if what I'm saying is true, what can you do? But let me remind you, not only is this happening in your county, as public officials, you have the platform and the ability to make a statement or hold a press conference, alerting the public, state, and federal authorities to investigate further. You have the power to start the conversation. Video evidence of everything I described today will be emailed to you all, and I truly hope we can get to the bottom of this. I look forward to the day that $3 billion annual budget is put towards our veterans, our homeless, maybe some of that mental health stuff the young lady just spoke about, and the revitalization of Brevard County. So how'd you get started in this? What was Justin doing before he woke up to this? Was it a one-day type of thing? You decided to take action? Did it brew for a while? Like, have you been doing this for a long time and I just didn't know about it? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, it all kind of snowballs because as, as we all know, when we fall into the rabbit hole, there's so many different topics. And, you know, I, I like to put it as uh, you may see me wearing multiple different hats, but I'm just trying to expose the truth and, and make people aware of what's really going on in their world. And like you said, some of the most important things are our health and the things that we're putting in our bodies every day and the, thing, and the environments we're creating around us. So while, yeah, it's important to show people that they're lying about the, the science behind the GMOs and the vaccines and the science behind the 5G radiation, they're also lying about the space science topic. And I think that's what's the, the harder pill to swallow. But also the, um, the, 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 the bigger piece to the puzzle there is that they're using the same formula. And I think that's the thing I try to hammer home to people with this is that as as uh, crazy as it may sound at first, they're doing the exact same thing. You've got an entire body of science working off of a false premise or two, and everyone underneath them is sort of repeating the same lie and the public just goes along with it. So just like with the you can take facts about vaccines into the city council and, and take the vaccine injured in there and, and give them the recognition they deserve as they're being gaslit during the pandemic, which is what we did. I decided to take the facts about the ISS and NASA and the space science hoax and present that to the city councils in the same way. So you'll see some from some of the clips I'm sure you may show today or others can look up. You know, a lot of my activism started with big food and big pharma. Um, and it sort of evolved into really anything the government is lying to us about from the spying on us to faking space travel, like you said, 5G, fluoride, um, all of these different issues are so important. So I literally try to cover all of them. So you may see me uh, organizing a rally about it, speaking to the local council members or maybe confronting a, uh, a politician or a globalist elite member um, about something that they would have never been questioned about before. You know, I was inspired by people like Luke Radowski, hence the We Are Change Orlando, you know, confronting politicians, being the media that we so desperately need in this world, um, independent journalism, grassroots activism, and being the change that we wish to see in the world. That's really what my journey has been about the last 10 years. Um, that's really it in a nutshell. I know it kind of brings us it's a lot to talk about and, and wrap up in one intro, but that's kind of what my journey has been like the last 10 years. It wasn't a gradual thing. It was a very rapid overnight process. One day in 2012, I was just your average American. And then the next day it was like, holy cow, they're lying to us about almost everything. And I need to get active about it. So that's what happened.
What did you see back in 2012? Uh, I fell in the YouTube documentary rabbit hole, really. I was learning about aliens and UFOs and the Federal Reserve and 9-11 and Monsanto. And then once you put those pieces kind of together as this is, well, this is really just one, you know, big basket of lies here. Um, that's what sparked it. And I found things like March Against Monsanto, We Are Change. Uh, like I said, grassroots activism and journalism was like, okay, here's I can I can watch as many conspiracy videos as I need to. But once you understand what's going on, who was doing something about it? Um, so that's what that's what started me. I think my, the first videos I saw were things about, you know, Phil Schneider and Stephen Greer. And then from then you find, you know, Freedom to Fascism by Aaron Russo and um, the different 9-11 uh, documentaries and things like that. And then it's just, as we all know, it's kind of a wrap from there. Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught in that research, that uh, research stage and mm. they never they never graduate out of it. They just keep, you know, watching the videos and I find it boring after a while. You know, I understand it's it's all fake. It's all BS. What now? What do we do now? Yeah, and it can be um, it can be like a very dark and negative thing if you don't channel it the right way, too, because if you think if you're just looking all day like, oh, my gosh, they're poisoning me, they're poisoning me, they're going to lock me in a FEMA camp like just repeated. That's a very, you know, negative and not a good way to live. Um, so, yeah, you really do. It's kind of like find your purpose in this battle or find a way to, like, make your life, your family's life, your environment at least better in the circumstances you're in. Rather than just be like, you know, Bill Gates is trying to kill us all day long. That doesn't accomplish much, you know. Definitely doesn't change anything. And I think it uh, paralyzes a lot more people than it empowers. I think there's a lot of people who yeah. I know for a fact, there's a lot of people. You've probably had people in your inboxes tell you, you know, how scared they are. They, they see all this, you know, uh, two years ago, they didn't know any of this stuff. Today, they're scared. They think the government's trying to kill them from every angle and all, all this yep. stuff and they don't do anything they're still you know working a, a job that doesn't contribute to the world doesn't pay them enough money to free themselves and etc uh, etc cetera, et cetera. and I, I love the take that you've you've done on it so in 2012 what were you doing for a living you're in real estate now yeah yep at so that point i was bouncing around from restaurant industry and family business i was selling office supplies and it was pretty standard stuff at that point. I was actually ended up selling office supplies to the government, but not really. That wasn't really the reason I woke up. It was more so a family member just kind of tipping me off to the rabbit hole. But at that point, you know, you just kind of realize how it all works. And then, as we all know, you never look at you just don't ever look at anything with the same lens again, like from authority to schooling to science. I mean, history, everything is now. It's like they live, you know, for those who've seen the movie, you've now you've you've put the glasses on finally and you're like, wow, I can't unsee it. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, there is no going back. And it's crazy, too, because you see all this stuff that they put in our face, you know, right now, the fires and, mm. and of course, COVID, they, they ram that down our throat. But even when you look away from that and you have these glasses on, you look around at the society that they've created for us and. It seems just so silly and pointless. I don't want any part of it at all. And I think that can discourage a lot of people too. They don't yeah. realize that there is a life outside of society. You don't have to live in the woods. There's all kinds of people who are not connected to this control system. And some of the easiest ways, literally just turning off the TV, 
never watching the TV. Yeah. If you have cable, you cancel it. People spend way too much time on the phone too. I make mm-hmm. my living on Instagram. I would still not encourage anyone to go on Instagram and spend time on there. At yeah. the very least, if you're going to use these um, these social media things, like I watch YouTube, but I watch select stuff that I think is giving me value or it's like five minutes and it is mindless and I understand it's mindless and it's it. That's a short right. amount of time. It's not all day, but I know it's hours that the average person is spending on these indoctrination tools. More than that, so brainwashing is a better word. It's not just indoctrination. It's it's a total brainwashing, both from the the conspiracy side of things and from, again, all this silly entertainment, this over-sexualized everything. And, you know, to do anything, you got to buy something, right? You got to go pay admission to all this stuff. It's, it can be dreary. You know, but it takes a lot of effort to break free of this. And you're taking one take on it. When was the first time that you confronted a, a city council? And what was it about? Um, That's a good question. You know, the first time I did it was probably about like pesticides, like uh, spraying Roundup. Was it? No, or it may have been about fluoride. It was either like herbicides or fluoride. But um, I remember seeing, you know, and it's funny you say that because all it takes is one person. I remember finding out that this one guy was going to go speak about fluoride. And I was like, well, I'll go with him, you know, and it ended up being like three of us and two of us spoke and one just came for support. And from then, like, yeah, we didn't get anything done that day. But that started a snowball of like me getting the practice to get like the skills to be where I'm at today and go speak 24 times during the pandemic about lockdowns, mandates, injuries, all these things. It set me up to the point where like the uh, I could take the firefighters in there during the pandemic like it was nothing. And I'm like, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to strike. We're going to be protesting on Saturday. But then the following Tuesday morning, all you firefighters are going to show up in front of the media cameras and speak at this council meeting. And we're going to make the mayor look really bad for mandating the, the vaccine. Hundreds of Orange County firefighters pushing back on that vaccine mandate. It could cost them their jobs. It was all those old like. Like you just said, the, the very first ones that, that built up to that um, and that sparks it. And you really just got to you really got to stay focused. It's like the, the, if you're the only one out there with that sign, the next time three people will come, the next time eight people and then 20 and 50. And then you can actually get things done. You know, you, I always try to encourage people too. you don't need thousands of people. You don't need it to look like a Black Lives Matter protest that's on TV with tens of thousands. That's not how it needs to look. We all know the statistics about the American Revolution and how many small percentage you need to actually turn something over. I've stood out there with 12 people, with four people before, and the media will show up and you'll have an effect like you had hundreds or it will just fall in the right way to where the mayor had to crumble and change his tune the next day. So you just don't ever like don't ever give up or give get discouraged like, oh, I'm just going to be it's just going to be four of us to look like idiots out there. Still go out there and do it because your little four person protest could have one picture go viral and be the most viral thing that anyone's done in protests in years. You had four people. So, hell, I've had actually protests where we've had a dozen people show up and we've had signs go viral for years and years to come. Um, so it's, it's never really a lost cause, especially with the Internet these days. It is very powerful. I don't think people realize that the uh, the number one force of change in world history has been pamphleting there is no other more effective thing pamphleting short written this is the the facts this is the opinion you hand it out 
you stand on a, a street corner and, and yell at you, knock on doors. This is what's caused revolutions and reformations. And, you know, modern media has only been around for a hundred years, barely. So we didn't have any of that before. Every single other change was done person to person with pamphlets, and small rooms, meetings and churches and basements and, mm. you know, baseball fields and all, all this stuff. Pe presidents and stuff, they still do this. They go on the, on the road and meet with smaller, relatively small groups of people. But yeah, you're doing it on a on a larger scale, honestly, because you're doubling it up with the social media. That's so effective. This is what we do in the health business, too. This I'm in a business that sells supplements. It was designed to go person to person in basement meetings and church meetings. And and it has reached millions of people over the years. Millions and millions of people now know many different things about their health that, that were never told from right. the government. And definitely millions upon millions of people have now realized that the government has no either has no idea what it's doing about vaccines in the best case scenario. It's incompetent. And in the worst case scenario, it's a malicious conspiracy to right. sell us poisonous drugs. At that government expense, we pay for it ourselves. Crazy you know, and that, that censorship is exactly what made us get better. So I have to like, I give thanks to it. I'm grateful for the censorship because it caused people like Joshua Coleman in California to launch V is for Vaccine, where he, he launched those red and black signs that we adopted in Florida and replicated this whole campaign because his was so good. And there were these really factual signs about vaccines and they're very like eye catching. Then they turned into highway banners and airplane flyovers. And none of this would have ever happened if they didn't censor all his stuff. So he's posting all of these things online and they start censoring and censoring. So he's like, OK, well, now we're going to get real creative and we're going to crash the Super Bowl and the Daytona 500. We're going to get billboard trucks and airplane messages and highway banners. And we had uh, during one year during the the pandemic, we uh, had like almost every state in the country have highway banners dropped, 100 foot highway banners, educating about vaccine uh, manufacturers and how there's no liability. And that was reaching millions of people that it was impossible to censor. So it was like you all forced us out back into the streets using the Internet and now the streets again in the most creative way we had ever. So it's just crazy how that works. It just goes to show that a lot of times the censorship will backfire especially if you remain persistent and just work around it. And this is one of the reasons I respect you, Justin, because you never stop. You never slowed down. I couldn't tag you for two years right? <laughs> because you're blocked and you're shadow banned and all this stuff. And I admit it. I say it publicly. I avoided the topic during the entire pandemic. As far as I could, I stayed away from it. I did one, um, so one of these big YouTube channels, a worldwide news channel, they invited me on to be the quack alternative guy. I didn't know that. I thought it was like an actual discussion about vaccines, but it, it was like three virologists and me. <laughs> Joining me on the program today, I have president of Research Aid Networks and virologist Jeremy Rossman, senior fellow at the Federation of American Scientists and Health Economist Eric Felding, and also we'll be talking to someone who is anti-vaccination and nutrition and health expert Ryan Alexander. Thank you for joining us. So I, other than that, I, I avoided this whole thing. I don't want to get banned from, you know, a lot of you guys have other jobs, other incomes. Right. I don't. I'm living on Instagram. So if they knock me right. off, then I, I can't do anything. Our business doubled and tripled during the pandemic, too. So I don't want to screw that up. We're reaching lots of people. We are teaching them how to be healthy. And being healthy has nothing to do with um, with vaccines. But yeah, you kept going. And that was that was really great. And you're still going. You've gone all the way through it now. 
And what do you think the result has been in Florida? Obviously, Florida is um, one of the states that seems to have some sense left in it, at least a large part of it. Do you see that on the streets too? Do we all have this? Uh, is is it a correct perception that we have that people are more awake in, in Florida and less tolerant to this stuff? Yes, I think so. And I think that's kind of um, the, the case across the country. We're just seeing more of it in Florida. More of those type of people are flocking to Florida. But I think in general, like if you ask a average like uh, let's say like a non-political person who doesn't identify left or right, they're way, they're way more like in the rabbit hole now. And even the people on the right, the conservative crowd is like, they're into all the things we were into 10 years ago. They all know about the vaccines and the pedophilia and, and, the, and the Monsanto and the 5G and all these things now, because like we all know, once you uncover one stone, you start uncovering the other ones. So I'm seeing this ripple effect of COVID sort of like waking up a lot of people which is great. And, and it's really happening in Florida more, I would say. So it's kind of been a blessing to me, like all the bad things that we've got, the the push for the new world order or however you want to describe it, it's been bad, right? But at the same time, it was like a worldwide 9-11 and it, it shook awake so many people that would not have been awake before. I can't tell you how many messages I get of people saying, you know, I would have thought you were crazy three years ago some of the stuff you're posting, but now I'm like actually giving it a look and I get because they're lying about these other things. And um, we're just in a unique time period where all these people are, there's like a window of opportunity for us to shake them away and they could fall right back to sleep. And this is the time to go, Hey, remember how they just lied to you for three years about this, 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 and this. And I go, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then you explain them how the formula works with the other topics. And this is just, it's a great opportunity. So I think we need to continue to seize it, um, just blast through the censorship and just keep waking people up. I definitely agree. A lot of people woke up in the last year or so. We've had a lot of people come to us asking health advice. That's what we do. But they'll tell us, oh, I got the thing. I got the jab. I forget we're not censored here. I got the jab. I got the vaccine and I regret it now. They're telling us they regret it. So that's, this is telling me they just woke up and some of them are so excited to tell us you know yeah. and, and that same thing yeah a couple of years ago i've been following you for a while and half the time it's just because i want to troll you guys i don't believe what you're saying but then the pandemic yada 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 my grandma died and all this stuff you know they don't trust it anymore at all and they regret it and yes they're new they're brand new to the conspiracy world completely a lot of people don't like that word but i i always do i always thought it was fun you know you say you were started with aliens and stuff me too i remember the good old yeah. days of YouTube, simpler time back then, you know, looking at shape-shifting reptilians and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> and the the vaccine thing, yeah, it creeped under the radar for a long time. It's always been an issue. People have always had a problem with mandatory vaccines, especially in schools. That was a big issue in Toronto right before, uh, right before the pandemic. The, the, the parents were freaking out about uh, yet another vaccine mandate going into the Toronto District uh, School Board that got swept under the rug. And yeah, people don't realize that mandatory vaccines have already been here for a while. There's already been extreme pressure, you know, if not to outright impossible for you to send your children to school without uh, without it. Even when I was in high school, I tried to avoid it. They round everybody up and put them in a gymnasium and yeah. I don't remember what shot it was. I tried to get out of it. You know, they, they say, 
all you guys who snuck out the first time you're going to be expelled if you don't go into it's crazy pressure here nuts man and uh some of my buddies tried to get religious exemptions and they're like we don't even believe you you know it's crazy like even yeah and that topic i remember that topic being like you know because i didn't have kids at the time i wasn't i didn't know someone injured so it wasn't like the most important thing to me. I, like I said, I started with food and like we're eating, three t- feeding our children. I was like, this is a very like close to home topic. And it wasn't until 2016 when Vaxxed came out and Del Bigtree and Andy Wakefield really like kicked the door open on the topic again. And it was when that California was pushing too. they had that bill that was pushing to vaccinate kids. And I remember the people in the vaccine space saying these things like, the mandates are coming to adults. They're going to they're going to mandate it for everyone. They're going to end up doing this. And, you know, Alex Jones and all these different people would say these things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't I didn't I didn't really get it yet. But it wasn't until Vaxxed and that push in California when I was like, OK, I have to start doing something about this more. I had knowledge on the topic from 2012 to 16. But in 16 is when I was like, OK, we're going to start. You know, I, I showed up to all the Vax tour bus stops in Florida and was kind of interviewing people, kind of help promote it for them just to try to. That's what a lot of times I'll do is just try to blast other people's message, too. If you've got something going good, like a campaign or you're pushing back, I will try to help uh, amplify that message as well, because we ha- you're not going to get the help of mainstream media or anything else. All these other people have all these massive budgets and backing. And we just have really each other. So when I see other journalists, doctors, activists doing things, I try to also blast that. And I did that with Vaxxed. And from there on out, I've I've become close with Del Bigtree and Joshua Coleman, a lot of people in the vaccine space. And it just at that point, it was the number one thing I was working on. And then the pandemic happened. So it's like we've got all these signs, all these protests under our belt. We've got all these people that are ready to show up. So we really just pivoted and turn the heat up we didn't have to reinvent the wheel or anything and that's when that's when the mayor and everybody in orlando was was seeing us every month almost every week uh protesting and speaking out i was wondering how you guys were getting all those signs and it seemed that you were already ready to go when yeah when it all hit yeah that's cool so perfect I've also never really seen you asking for money. I don't know. You you know you don't sell anything, you don't promote anything, you're not an influencer, mm-hmm. you don't have sponsors, you don't have ads. So you guys just this is just you and a small group of people, you pay for it yourself. Yeah, and that's the one thing I also love to talk about is the fact that hell for for like five or six years, we ran no budget events. Like the Monsanto, the March Against Monsanto annual event was essentially speakers coming together on their own dime, on their own time. You know, I'd, we'd bring our own tables. We'd get the local organic restaurant to donate tea for us. Um, it was just, you'd bring your own stuff. We'd bring our own extension cords. We just did it on our own dime. And then it got to the point where, yeah, it was like, okay, we do need some nicer signs. We do want to fly an airplane banner. So we would run like a very small campaign. We'd ask for, you know, $500, 2000 bucks, and we'd get whatever paid for. But other than that, yeah, we don't. We don't really, I've never liked asking for money. I, I hate doing it. It's not, it's never felt felt good to me. I know it's necessary, especially if you want to get good quality things done, you need the support. Um, but it has been nice to know that when we did need those signs, we would raise the six or 800 bucks like overnight. So everybody that supports the community, they sh- they step up when it's time. So whether it's the 100 foot highway banners, the massive elephant you've seen, I think I got the elephant paid for in two days two or three days. 
what's that elephant made it you got two of them you got a blow up one you got a big statue yeah i've got a small one that's like you know about this big that i can carry with me um and bring into the meeting and then there's the one that's life-size it's about seven feet tall about 14 feet long um but it's inflatable and we just set it outside of the mayor's office to signify the elephant in the room you know as the vaccine injury i think it's very clever and I do think I don't know who who watches regular TV anymore. Probably a lot of old people watching regular news. And I think it's just left on in the background in, in a lot of places. But yeah, I don't think anybody's really fooled by it. And I think it's obvious that the narrative is is just so obviously on one side only. And if you do know, it's like 75 percent of media a tv regular tv cable tv is funded by the pharmaceutical company and it's just so transparent i don't know who could not see that that there is no objective looking at it like hey why don't we ever talk is there really no one who's ever been injured like they talk on tv like no one's ever been injured this is crazy so one in a million right what are some of the the hardest hitting facts you think you've brought to the city council and has any of them actually provoked a response I give credit to those council members. They sit there as stoic as possible for the most part. I wonder if it bothers them. But have you ever seen any point really hit them? Have, have they ever really tried to defend them? Have you ever really, really roused them with a point? Yeah, so we've gotten under their skin. And that's that's kind of what ended up egging us on to keep going. Because as a lot of people will, you know, for those that don't understand, they don't have to respond. So when we go speak, we're essentially going to a public comment period during the city council meeting. So it's where the public gets two to three minutes to say whatever they like. The mayor and the council members do not have to respond. You can ask them or tell them whatever you want, and they can look at you and just say, next speaker, please. But if they want to, they can respond to you. Well, for the for 90% of it, they just say, next speaker, please, because they don't want to address anything we're breaking up. But I went in there and told the mayor that he was segregating people. And I thought it was very ironic that someone, a very diverse group of people of different shades all up there on the board, were going to segregate people in the year 2021 or whatever it was. And he took um, that got under his skin and he said, you're not going to tell me about segregation and da 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 and kind of fired back at me. Well, that caused for what? A better video, more people to watch, more people to say. Let's go in there and speak again. Go get him again. So we went back in there and explained what segregation really meant, hammered the home again, brought firefighters this time, and now the media wants to interview us. So at this point, we've gotten the mayor to react, and it does nothing but help our case because every time he opened his mouth, he lied. So I would take the clip of him lying and then show the clip of him saying the other thing and play it and show the city council video. And it's like this total display of the mayor being a jerk, lying to us, showing that the mandates, you know, he was fibbing about it the whole time. And it, it just became this opportunity to hijack the public comment period, show their hypocrisy, get media attention, you know, build the public support around our protests. So we were doing everything but, you know, use the public comment period for what it was for. And it, it, they can't shut it down because it's it's the law. They have to let us speak. So it just really ended up becoming this like clever idea to, to do. And I was like, well, this is working great. Let's keep doing it. You know, they're recording it with their own system. Great video, great audio. I just go home and download it myself and then start resharing it. So I don't even have to like have video equipment for this type of um, strategy, you know. So it really works out great in our favor.
It's powerful. I always stop and watch those videos. You know, there's so much of people just sitting in their car talking. Like, come on, yeah. put some effort into here and <laughs> confront the monsters themselves. Go ahead and do it. Firefighters, everyone loves firefighters. So yep. they're they're on your side. Were there any of them that like got the jab and and kind of believed the science, but just didn't believe in the mandates? That's that was their problem. Yeah. So as you know surely we all know there was plenty that believed in it and thought we were crazy and that they just wanted to fight fires and, and ignore it all. But there was a, a very strong group, hundreds that didn't want to get the jab and didn't want to submit. And then there was another group that was in the middle that you just described that got, that got it or were willing to get it, but did not want to submit to the mandate, did not want to tell the, the county or the government whether they got it or not. And didn't want the others to be forced. So they kind of like stood up and were like, listen, well, you know, I've got it or I'll get it, but I'm not submitting to the system because you're going to make all these other people get it. So in total, we had 500 that were not willing to upload their status or whatever. 500 firefighters is a lot, um, even in a big city, a big county like Orange County in Florida. And uh, that type of pushback, they pushed the date back. They pushed it again. And they started changing the rules and, and saying that you won't be fired if you're not vaccinated. So it was working. So we just kept applying pressure until eventually the governor of Florida, Governor DeSantis, stepped in and um, took it took it upon himself to completely end the mandate and say, no, no local government's going to be able to do this to firefighters or any county city worker ever again for a, a pandemic. So um, I think it was a joint effort. Would the governor have stepped in if we hadn't rallied the firefighters and made it look like a great thing to save the day from? He might not have, but I think he may have been doing the right thing there. And I think he's someone who is sort of waking up during the pandemic. I'm not going to speak on how controlled he may or may not be because I'm not in his head. I think I'm kind of done doing that <laughs> with about people that I just it's just speculation. But I, I think about the pandemic, I think he started doing the right thing for the right reasons. Can't speak on anything going forward or his presidential run. Fair enough. I'm not in Florida, too, so I don't I don't care that much. I'd like yeah. to think that he's on our side. He seems like a good guy. I don't know. Don't know. I know. I'd love to think so, too. But so I want to think that about Elon Musk, but I don't think. Uh, that about yeah, I don't. <laughs> we can get there. So the, a similar thing happened to my mom. Uh, she's a teacher, Toronto. Toronto District School Board, uh, they were unable to push the mandates on the teachers. They kept pushing the date back, kept pushing the date back, and yeah. Yeah, they didn't have enough teachers to come in. And my mom's a supply teacher. They didn't have enough supplies. Not only did they push the uh, the dates back to make it mandated and ended up never doing it, they uh, they usually restrict supply teachers, right? She's retired. You only get a certain amount per day. But no one was coming to work because you, if you got a sniffle, you couldn't come in for two weeks. That kind of thing, right? So they even let them work as much as they want and all, all this stuff. Yeah, they couldn't shut down the teachers. And you can't shut down firefighters if they stand up. They can't shut down anyone if we stand up, especially if we all do it. My goodness. So, yeah, just just say no here, I think, is very, very important. We made it through. Yeah. A bunch of us made it through. They will try another one. It, it is practically a guarantee. They might wait a while, but pro probably not. I and think it would be smarter to wait. And if you're in that situation in your city again, it's like, do what we did, you know, grab the firefighters or grab, we had the Disney workers too. Disney's massive in Florida. So I was like, well, well, if Disney workers and firefighters are the ones like, that's something that the media will latch onto. If you've got two Walmart people and one Starbucks guy and this and that, 
they're like, whatever, you know, they're just disgruntled employees. But if you're like dozens of Disney employees and firefighters are standing up and not refusing to go to work or whatever it is, that is a headline. That's something the governor that the all these other people are going to be like, oh, wow, that's a that's a big sector right there for Florida or for Orlando. So find something that's got leverage. Once we realized that with the firefighter leverage was working, we did the same thing. I, I teamed up with Disney people that were like, we're not down for this. And we, we got with them. And then that's when the, the, law, the lawsuit started and we started to pick up steam and um, made some really good connections and progress. And, and forever going forward, there's this connection between grassroots activists, vaccine injured moms, Disney workers and um, firefighters that are all awake and against mandates and tyranny. And that's a really good thing, especially in a local community, you know. Tell us more about the injured. Again, this is something I try not to talk about and I stay away from and I am in the health business and all this stuff. But I don't have that many people who came to me and told me their vaccine injury story. I got a handful over the years, but I know you were right in the middle of it and you were working with these people directly. And Mm -hmm. it seemed like some of them were so affected that it's become a big part of their life to speak about it and let other people know about it. So what are are some of these stories? Who are some of these people and what kind of things happened and how did it affect their life? It's really um, these are these are heavy because, uh, you know, if anybody wants to get a box of tissues and go watch Vaxxed 2, watch Vaxxed 1 and 2. But number two is just stories of parents and their children. And these are it's really the same story. It's a it's a story of a family that just is going through life well-intentioned. They trust the science. They trust their doctors. They go to the well visit because they want their baby to be healthy. And they go home and nothing's ever the same again. They either don't ever walk, they don't ever talk, or they just regress into a different state, whether it be autism, Asperger's, or any all these different things that can happen. And then they're gaslit and told that they're imagining it, and then it's not happening. And the industry and the doctors are trained to not recognize it, and they don't know what it is, and they ignore it. And then you've got these people that have no recourse and they've got a child that's life has changed forever. Some of these people's kids are injured so bad that they have to care for them 24-7. So those parents sometimes split up or one of them has to stay home and never work again. They're caring for them when those kids are 15, 21, 31. So like it's a lifelong thing for some of these people that have the really bad injuries. So it's devastating to see. And I think when you see enough of the stories and how it happens the same exact way they get it happens they're like how i was never told this was a possibility and now they're being told they're imagining it or that it's mental um it's just crazy to see so you just have to you, you know we started being a voice for the voiceless i'm one of the people in the in the movement that doesn't have a vaccine injured kid thank god but um there's a few people like me that actually fight in that issue that don't have kids that were affected. Most people are vaccine injured parents of vaccine injured kids. And they'll, they'll fight back against the narrative and say, we're not even anti-vaxxers. Like, yes, we're against them because they're all, none of them are safe and effective, but we all got them. I got them. My kids got them. And now we don't get them because they started hurting us. It's not rocket science. So like, you know, this label, this derogatory term is thrown on these parents who think they're like just against science and progress and medicine in general. No, everybody believed it until that fateful day that, um, you know, destroyed their kid's life. And now all these people that 
gaslit us forever, unfortunately, are finding out the hard way as they're having seizures and POTS and all these different COVID vaccine injuries. And all those kids that died from SIDS and all those kids that got injured by the shot and it couldn't speak about what was happening to them were actually got to hear all the adults during the COVID injury fallout and actually tell us and describe to us the pain and agony and crap they're going through. And it just makes you make, makes me even more frustrated for all those kids that could never cry out uh, that they were just suffering. And many of them are stuck in that, in that shell and they don't even speak. They know what's going on in their head, but that they're, they just can't speak and they haven't, you know, healed themselves yet. Uh, so it's crazy to see. Um, the good news is a lot of those people, like you probably know with nutrition and different things, they can, a lot of their kids, they can bring out of those states and um, the quality of life can be brought back for the majority of their time for a lot of them. So that's really encouraging too. Yeah, there, there are some nutrients that can pull heavy metals out of the body too. I, I just did a vaccine episode last oh, yeah. week, I think actually, I went, went kind of deep into what my problem with was it. Uh, my problem with it was and i said there it's not even the biologics i don't even care about the virus and stuff that's not the problem the problem is putting food proteins into the blood so your body reacts to it as an immune response we're talking about eggs and peanuts and other food components of the vaccine and then the other problem is the uh, poisons in it the mercury and the the formaldehyde and etc the other ones but yeah there are some nutrients that can pull the poisons out I have seen, I don't have a whole bunch of vaccine injured cases, as I mentioned, but I've seen, I've heard of, and I do have a few cases where, yeah, we could get the metals out and you can prove that on hair analysis and stuff. Just, uh, we're talking plain old vitamin C here, you know, and well-known yeah. nutrients like selenium and zinc and a bunch of herbs too. People talk about a whole bunch of things can help pull metals out and that's really good. But I want to point out that, especially for like the flu shot and the COVID shot, there was never the possibility of getting a long-term seizure disorder from COVID, right? The worst I've seen out of thousands of people that we deal with, obviously, that everybody went through this. Most of them did get sick during that time, as did I. I got sick two or three times during that time on the road, and I've never seen them have any type of permanent injury. The only type I've, the only thing I've seen is uh, it took them a while to get their smell and taste back. Yeah. Sometimes we had to give them some zinc to to speed that up. I know two or three cases that needed essential oils on top of that, kind of the big guns. But I'm saying that's not a very bad thing. You know, right. get the flu, so what? Get the COVID, so what? Yeah, it sucked. You know, it's out for a few days, felt miserable. It's better than being paralyzed from the waist down. It's better than flailing around, having to be strapped into your wheelchair. And some of the more serious injuries that, that are out there that I have seen, that's not worth the risk for a flu, to avoid the flu, especially for children. And keep in mind, nutrients like like medicines, it's all supposed to be dosed on body weight. They don't have a children's dose of these right. vaccines. They just give everyone the same thing. They don't care if you're a 380-pound man, American man, you know, or a 40-pound child they were given the same dose to. This is one of the problems with fluoride. If yeah. fluoride is a poison and it is dose dependent, then some people are getting way bigger doses for their body weight. Just children in general, they drink a glass of water. That's a much bigger percent of their body than than an adult. They're getting a bigger dose. Old people that don't weigh as much either. They're not eating as much. The dose hits them harder. So, yeah, yeah this is a big part of the problem. And children seem to get it the worst. A lot of these adults seem to get lucky that they just die of a heart attack. 
it's much worse in my opinion to live with a motor neuron disease for 30 years you know and have to wear a diaper you know you miss out on your whole everything right some of these kids are 14 they get injured now that's it hope you enjoyed your life because you're going to be watching tv in a chair now and getting your diaper changed four times a day by your parents right i know and i think it all just goes back to that informed consent how many people wouldn't be in this situation if they had informed consent if they knew about those possibilities they wouldn't have taken it just like you said no one's going to take the possibility of paralyzation or death that's written on the insert when you think it's just going to stop you from getting the flu. You know, we know that in 2018, the vaccine adverse event reporting system has like 60,000 reported deaths. And a Harvard study tells us not less than 1% of injuries get reported. That's a rough estimate of 6 million injuries and deaths in one year from the childhood schedule before COVID. They tell us that vaccine injuries, one in a million, one in a million, it's so rare. 6 million injuries and deaths as an estimate in 2018 is insane for them to tell us and gaslight us that it's not. So yeah, it's, it literally is informed consent. Um, I joke about, it's not a joke, but like I said, the same formula with everything. If I told you that the government was doing an experiment where they were going to do mass medication without informed consent of a known neurotoxin that causes harm from a criminal industry what am I talking about fluoride or the vaccine or, or the genetically modified mosquitoes? They're all experiments being forced onto the population without informed consent from a shady industry. It's crazy. It's it's it literally is the same formula. I had connections to DeSantis and I was trying to pitch this mosquito thing to them. And I was like, we don't want Bill Gates backed experiments in Florida, right? Like we just went through this. So that's what the mosquitoes are. So it was just crazy to me when I was trying to sound the alarm on that. I wasn't getting as much of a response. Which... Explain that. I know a lot of people haven't heard of that. It's a big deal in Florida and Texas. It's not a big deal other places. So what, Yeah, the mosquito you mean in general? Yeah, what, what is it? What's going on? Yeah, so for the last decade, they've been trying to release uh, genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida. They finally succeeded a couple of years ago, um, and it's been released in multiple countries Long story short, they claim that they're trying to prevent mosquito-borne illnesses like Zika and dengue. And in order to do that, they're releasing a genetically modified mosquito that will go out into the wild, mate with the diseased mosquito, kill it off, and then we're all happy and we can live happily ever after. The only problem is, is like I said, shady Bill Gates-funded company is doing experiments, lying, not being transparent, possibly creating more problems with our ecosystem and mosquito population and not doing anything about Zika and dengue. Um, so we don't know what's going on. It's, it's really sketchy stuff. We've caught the company lying no, numerous times in Florida. Oxitech is the name. It's a British company. Um, but then really recently, I'm sure people have seen that we've had malaria cases, out, uh, a breakout in Florida. Now, very small number, but apparently we haven't had malaria cases in a very long time. And coincidentally, that same company, Oxitec and Bill Gates, are working on malaria mosquitoes, genetically modifying uh, mosquitoes to combat malaria, flying vaccinators. So call me crazy, but the same time they're working on a pandemic exercise, we have a pandemic outbreak. And the same time they're working on malaria mosquitoes, we have malaria problems. I don't know what's going on. I don't, you know, we'll get fact checked if we post that as the sure thing, but People need to know and people need to start contacting the governor 
and the Surgeon General and say, shut down this Bill Gates experiment in our backyard now. That's a crazy thing, too, because a lot of them you can connect to money like, you know, the vaccines. Obviously, they they sold billions of vaccine. They they did a good job selling vaccines. But what's there to gain with releasing the mosquitoes like other than harming people or other than potentially curing malaria and Zika and whatnot? What is there to gain? Why would they spend money on this? Why would a, a, a private company spend money to develop mosquitoes just to release them in the wild? And, you know, that's what's so concerning right there is because why are they doing it? They've released it in Panama, Brazil, the Cayman Islands, all these different countries. And guess what happens every time? The experiments either are kind of shady or a dud, or even if it does work, no country has ever adopted the technology. They're like, yeah, we approve it. We'll, we'll take it on. But then no one actually buys it. No one actually hires Oxitec to bring the product in and eradicate the mosquitoes in their town or their village or wherever. So you're right. What are they doing? What is this really for? They're not selling billions and billions. It's not mandated. We're not. It's not being promoted through the CDC as public health. So I don't know what they're doing. And that's what concerns me even more is that why would you be pushing something that's that's falling flat and not being adopted? You know, I'm concerned that we're going to have a new problem. The public will react and then the solution will be more and more mosquitoes. They even are on record saying, um, I think they got criticism for saying, hey, what happens when this wipes out a mosquito population and then it introduces another one that's even more problematic? They said, oh, well, don't worry. We've got another mosquito for that. So it sounds like boosters to me. (laughs) Wow. It definitely does worry me when when you don't see the the money directly, like uh, chemtrails, for example. I just I can't see why the government would care or why a private company would care. I understand you could hire a cloud seeder or something like that. But why would the government care about modifying the weather? And why so for good, like for good, though, you can. Could you see them doing this for the good of farmers and stuff? Why would they care about farmers? It's just. Does it make sense, especially when the droughts usually in California and, you know, they have an artificial farming industry out there anyways. You know, the whole Central Valley is not supposed to have orange fields. They pipe that water in from elsewhere. So it's an artificial thing anyways. Why would we care about ending a drought in California, just for example? And why would you need to cloud seed places to get plenty of rain? Like I'm up here in, in Canada, we get plenty of rain. There's no shortage of rain. Why do we need chemtrails? And why? who is paying for this? What's the What's the profit motive? So obviously there is no profit motive. And let's use this as a transition because one of the odd things about weather modification and and chemtrails and all this stuff is that NASA's involved. And a lot of people think of NASA, well, they do space, but it seems that they do everything except for space. They are involved officially with the weather modification programs and they are involved in high altitude um, photographing and... uh, you know, surveying and stuff like that with their high altitude planes. And they make a lot of fake stuff and fake content and uh, CGI productions. And it's getting worse and worse. You probably just saw the recent uh, Indian moon landing. Yeah. What a gimmick. What the heck? They're not even trying. You know, my, my house is built on a rock. We're on stilts here in a cabin, basically. I, I think I actually I'm 100% certain I could go down in the basement and film a better thing than they just showed us with the Indian landing. And they said the Israelis filmed it or something like that. So they didn't even say it was a 
like a, a mock-up image. They said, no, this is footage. And it's it's incredibly oh, fake. The wait, Indian wait, wait, wait. I've got to ask because I didn't I didn't look deep into it because I, it's kind of like reruns. You know, how when there's so many shootings, you're like, it's probably the government, whatever. On to the next one. Yeah. Did they really show that Atari looking video game graphic thing? They claimed that was real. They didn't say this is an animation of what we're doing. Yeah, they claimed uh, they claimed that it was done somehow through the Israelis. The Israelis helped to film that and they used the word film. Yeah. It's nuts. Dude, that's and see sometimes like that, and there's another incident. There's a shooting in Connecticut at a elementary school. I don't even like. I know we're not censored on here, but if I use this clip for anything, um, I'm not going to say the town or the shooter or any of it. But that incident was so sloppy, and some of the NASA stuff is so sloppy. It really makes me wonder if they're showing it to us on purpose. The same thing with Joe Biden. I had this conversation with someone recently. If Joe Biden, if they didn't want to show us all of Joe Biden's screw ups and his falls, they could hide a lot of them. Yes, we're in the age of the Internet and cell phones, but like they could hide a lot more. I am almost to the point where they're like screwing up some of these events and some of these hoaxes on purpose Mm -hmm. because it's going to elicit a response to where they have another plan at the end of that road. So, for instance, we all go on an Internet and say this event was fake. These people are crisis actors and they're like, perfect. Now we go in, say that they are saying horrible things about people that died. We sue their leading voice, the conspiracy guy, $4 billion in court, make this whole show about it. And now the next time someone goes on a podcast, they're afraid to even say the name of the event. Like literally, we're, it, we're that's it. That's what just happened. And I've watched a podcast recently where someone brought up that event and the guy was like, whoa, well, listen, listen, you know. Someone, the guys get people get foreign, fined four billion dollars. So let's maybe just not talk about that one. Look what that has already done. So maybe the event was done sloppy on purpose. <laughs> they know at the end of the day they're never going to admit it and it's never going to get exposed on mainstream media. So why don't they just use us exposing it as the crazy point and then censor us for that reason? It makes me wonder, because if you've got to also like with you jump over to NASA, if you've got a budget as big as NASA, bigger than all the Hollywood movie budgets combined, how come they can't edit out the bubbles? How come they can't make it look like Interstellar? Why is it so crappy? I don't know. Questions I have. <laughs> the bubbles are some of my favorite. So is the uh, the mouse crawling on the, the rocket, supposedly out in space. Just a little mouse Prices. hanging out. And uh, the scuba gear being shown in it. So yep. these things are obviously being filmed, the space station and everything, all the spacewalks, everything's obviously being filmed under a pool, underwater. Again, probably half the audience, this is old news. And the other half may have heard snippets of it. And maybe they're just uh, allowing themselves to hear this for the first time. But yeah, you should know that there's no way any any single thing they've ever shown us from space is real at all. Back in 2015, the first time... I saw these flat earth videos. I ignored them. I was looking at hollow earth or something. And it Same. was so it was so scare, uh, stereotypical. I was literally in my mom's basement, hanging out in the middle of the night, you know, watching YouTube videos and finally watched one of these flat earth videos. It was like two and a half hours long, three hours long. And I remember thinking to myself when this first hit, it really hit in 2015. Yeah. I was like, how do you have three hours to talk about flat earth? But here I am watching a hollow earth video that's really long and 
okay, let's give this a try then. And yeah, after maybe it was halfway through, paused it, walked over to my bookshelf, pulled out all the space books or the ones with pictures in them. I couldn't believe that I didn't catch it before or it went over my head before. I just didn't. I, I would have known, obviously, by looking at them, that these are paintings. You know, a lot of these books are from the 70s, 80s. Okay, those are those are paintings. Those are not real pictures at all. Then I've got these modern ones from the 2000s and, and onwards that, yeah, the, either the Earth is not fully in frame at all. It could totally be a high-altitude plane or it's 100% CGI. There's nothing in between. Right. There well, is you no look real at the picture. bottom and it says, like, artist concept. And you're yeah. like, and I remember going back and doing the same thing you're doing is you'd pull up the old documentaries or the old book and you're like, wow, it says it right there that this is a, this is a simulation. <laughs> and like, you're thinking back, like, you know, I just assumed it was a real video, but like, who would have taken that shot? There's not a camera above the satellite. There's not a camera chasing the ISS. So then you start asking yourself, you know, there's a great clip in Hibbler's, not to dive too far into it, but in Hibbler's new film, Level With Me, where my NASA speech is, he's got a great shot of this lady giving this lecture and she's showing the space station footage and she's like, you guys, so this is a shot of the space station. I know it doesn't look real. This is actually real footage. And she shows it. And it's so bad because she believes what she's saying. She's like, yeah, this is real footage, but she hasn't even had that moment where she's going, how did they get that video? 17,000 miles per hour. And there's just something mounted near it, filming it as it goes by in perfect frame with no, it's madness bent over with wi-fi yeah. yeah i'm straight up embarrassed to ever have uh believed in it and it came down like a brick that one day yeah one night yeah middle of the night said wow this is all fake and i already knew that there was only two points that they really based the entire expanding universe thing on the uh so-called microwave background radiation and uh the the red shift you know some Stars look more red and some look more blue. They say this is the Doppler effect. Okay, this proves that we're in an expanded universe. Like this is the flimsiest of evidence ever. You know, especially with this radiation thing, background radiation. You're mm -hmm. telling me you're not just detecting a dome? I don't know. You detect a wall of radiation, a wall of energy. That sounds like a dome to me. That's not justification for the Big Bang universe. This is where this all comes from. This is some pretty deep stuff here. This is what the Big Bang is based on. And the yeah. Big Bang is the model of the universe that they give us. And, you know, that that world, let me say this, let me back up. Reading the space stuff, the reason I'm embarrassed is because this is what they tell you that smart people are supposed to kind of believe in. Smart people, you know, you go into the nonfiction bookstore, you're going to see stuff about space, you're going to see stuff about evolution and uh, bash and religion too. And basically it's, it's, it's turning you in. If you think you're a smart person and you go and look at what they're giving you, you believe in a big bang universe where we're evolved pond scum in a universe that literally has no purpose and you're a fool if you believe in any higher purpose and this completely erases all of your power too by the way you know you don't if, if you think you live in this atheistic pond scum rock flying through space then you might not accept the fact that you have extrasensory perceptions telepathy powers and you know other self-healing mechanisms you know i'm in the health business i promise the faith healing category and the belief category and the placebo category is where you're going to see the most amazing things you've ever seen you know the power of belief it, it will outdo everything placebo will outperform most drugs most of the time and usually by a large margin and it'll outperform nutrients too especially in the short term 
what people can accomplish short term with just their mind. And this is not even talking about the crazy stuff, like people being able to put swords through them and, and, you know, burn themselves and not get burned and all this stuff. I'm just saying this world is a magical place. And the, the picture they paint for us is the exact opposite. It's one where you have no power, you have no purpose, morals are relative, values are, are subjective, right? You just make it up, whatever you want, whatever you feel, be you, you decide, you make up the rules. And that's not true. We live in a rule. We live in a world with a, a, an actual established set of rules and guidelines, and we don't know them because they keep right. that from us. And the space is, is one of those things. And yeah, it is embarrassing. I spent a lot of time reading space books. I gained absolutely nothing from it once I realized this, that hey, this is all 100% bogus. I, I learned nothing. I know about a fake subject. So I know nothing. <laughs> right? I could have spent that, crazy. It's those like... hours doing anything else and gained more from it. I know. And it's like we just defer to the the authority on the matter. It's like this is a very big and complicated, smart topic that so out of my league that I just listen to the scientists. And I remember like hearing Neil deGrasse Tyson say things like there's as many stars in the universe as there are grains of sand on the beach. And you just be like, wow, yeah, you would never think, how the fuck does he know that? <laughs> No one can figure that out. That's ridiculous. No one's ever counted the stars in the universe or the grains of sand on the beach. And no one will ever or be able to estimate in any circumstance ever with AI or anything. And it's like, that's the most fantastical bullshit I've ever heard in my life. And then you go back and you listen to that man. And every single thing he says is down that road. He just says things like, if you were to zoom out from the earth, and, and run your hand over it. It would be as smooth as a cue ball. What? What? Ver verify that, Neil. You've done that. Someone's done that. That's the most, that's fantasy. You're literally talking like you're in a dream world right now. And that's everything he says. And we just took it, man. I don't know how we did. It embarrasses me because I we grew up on B Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse, and these men are actors. They're not real scientists. They're paid propagandists that now push LGBT and climate change and all that crap. And they're just a, they're just full of it. I love how Del Bigtree exposed Neil deGrasse Tyson on his show. He brought him on and challenged him on COVID and the vaccine, and he crushed him. And now I get to use that as an example because I can go, listen, see how he's so full of it? Listen to how he talks. You hear the, hear the corny joke? Hear the deflection here? hear the fantastical story about some magical stardust that no one can ever verify. There's how he is tricking you. And that's how they do it with the space science. And yeah, it's maddening sometimes to how you went into why it's important. So many people will go, what difference does it make? It doesn't, the shape is just so stupid. I don't care what shape the, it's not about the shape. It's about everything you just described. And hiding the nature of reality from you is making you more of a blind, dumb sheep than you ever thought you were. You, just because you didn't know about 9-11 makes you one kind of a sheep. But when you don't literally know up from down, you don't know what gravity is. You don't know where you are in the universe. There's a line in a song. How are you going to get home if you don't know where you are? Like these are the most fundamental basics of our reality. And if someone has taken your entire world and flipped it upside down, you think water is dry and the sun is cold, you are the most manipulative individual in the entire world because you don't know anything. You don't even know if the sun's hot and the water is wet. That's how much they have inverted our world and take it. We don't know that there's extra continents because we've never gone looking for them. We don't think they exist. And 
that is why the damn topic is so important. And I think people for, go into this, well, what's the point of the shape? It's not the shape. It's the implications. And it, it's hard for to me to express that they don't really hit you until you're deep into this research. Yeah, true. And I, I don't personally care if it's flat or not by that. Like, I think you're the me same. But who who cares? I don't care if it's fishbowl. I don't care if it's hollow. It, it, who cares? Right. But what matters is they're giving us this whole fake world outside of it, too. This this whole space thing. And you've got a lot of these. I'm just calling them the smartest people in the world, even though I, we could we could debate that. But high IQ, right? Again, high IQ. You're forced into this, really, because if you're a high IQ person, you consider yourself an idiot if you don't believe in this stuff, right? So Right. But a lot of these people, the smartest people in the world, the decision makers, they believe that, uh, you know, our planet is basically doomed. This is part of it, too. Our planet is doomed. You know, it yeah. doesn't have the healing capabilities that we we don't have healing capabilities. We need we need drugs and the, the world needs the equivalent of drugs, right, with the chemtrails and all this stuff. We need to intervene. And a lot of them think that our future is off of this planet. You know, we're not, we're not even going to bother fixing this planet, but we're going to somehow terraform Mars. Right. Let alone the fact that you could even get there. Let's say it was possible. What a stupid ethos to implant in us that the future of us, the future of our children, the future of our civilization is getting off of here. Like way to take the focus in the complete opposite direction. Should we not be focusing on on right. home on here? This would be very, very easy to turn some things around very, very quickly. I could name a few a fruit tree in every yard. Just one, two fruit trees in every single yard would completely change the food system. You know, people understanding the vaccines are poisonous and, and the other drugs as well would completely shift our economy, would completely shift the, the drug-centric economy and drug-centric medical establishment. If people stop using these things and stop believing in these things, the change would happen immediately. And when it comes to space, yeah, when you realize the space is fake, it cracks open everything. What about all this other stuff that's right in the same textbook? You know, evolution, tons of problems with it, right? The uh, lack of purpose in this world, there's tons of problems with that hypothesis. I don't believe that. I don't I don't know how there could be a world without without purpose into it. And, you know, our human spirit and all this stuff, this might sound too airy-fairy for some people, but this is, you know, the to me, the bottom of the rabbit hole that what really matters is the fact that we are here in this incredible place and we do have this incredible thing called life and we actually have the ability to drive it and change it in ways that we never thought was possible right you can design your own life and create your own reality quite literally and that is just the opposite of the mindset that you would get from the wider world so can you talk some more about this this space stuff it's going on in florida so is i don't really know actually i know there's a big budget for nasa but What's it like on the ground? Do you do you meet people? Like I know in Texas, we meet people all the time that are in the oil industry. You meet a lot of people that, that work at NASA in some capacity? Yeah, you do come across more people than you would think. Like you mostly come across people that their husband works on rockets or built a part of a satellite or um, knows an astronaut or his family members is an astronaut. If you go over to Cocoa Beach and some of our little beach towns near the Space Center, you will see it everywhere. Like everything's space themed and named after space stuff and rocket names. And, um, and you know, we grew up watching the rockets go up. I, I remember as a kid hearing the sonic boom when the shuttle would come back into our atmosphere. So it's it's somewhat real to us. There's, there's an element of it. But we don't know where those rockets are really going. And what I try to remind people is we're never claiming that all those people are in on it. 
I just had a discussion with an NASA guy, actually, he's a computer guy there, but we don't think that those people are evil or in on it. The majority of them are well-intentioned people. They're smart. They're going to work every day. They think we went to the moon, they think the earth's the globe and that's it. They haven't thought any further. Same with pilots, surveyors, engineers. Most people have never thought about it. Now, the people at the very top, they do know, um, but that's not who I'm talking about. It's all those other lower level people. So you do come across people. Um, people tend to get defensive. Their family members and friends get defensive because it's like, oh, well, uh, my husband worked on a satellite and you're going to tell me that the Hubble's fake. And I'm like, it's not necessarily fake. I just think they're taking the pictures from a high altitude airplane and you think it's some tin can millions of miles away that somehow got, got a connection to NASA. Um, it's just nuts. So, yeah, you see it a little more, but it's got kind of a good thing to be in the belly of the beast because people will say, oh, why don't you go down to Florida and watch a rocket launch if you think the Earth's flat? Oh, well, thank you. But I've been watching them my whole life. Still think it's flat. So. Because they just go out into the ocean. You know, they do like you can see them you can see the the time lapse pictures and you can see yep. video they go up and they go right down into the water yeah they go up and then it looks like they do this like arc but now we got to remember too that our perspective it appears that when things are going away from us it will appear to go down as as, as the sunsets look as a set of street lights will appear to go down so maybe it starts to go over and it's just going straight Maybe it's going straight and they're delivering supplies or something to the outer lands. Maybe they're taking people to those outer lands. Oh, we don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're just launching them out to the rocket graveyard in the Bermuda Triangle. To me, I feel like they could fake space travel and keep the secret without launching rockets all the time. I feel like they may be really doing something with those rockets and we just don't know what. But I don't think they're going into space or taking things to the ISS. That's for sure. Well, that's interesting. I've never actually heard that one. I, I didn't think they were very capable. They're so clunky. Right? That's I used to point. think that. You know, we're yeah. given toys, little toys. And I, I yeah. believed it then, but then I thought about it after, yeah, 2015. Like, I don't think those rockets are going anywhere. I don't think they have much ability to go anywhere. It, you're right, though. I do kind of lean towards that is because it looks like things have the ability to go up and they come down just like everything. And that's why all the satellites are strapped to balloons. You know, the only ones that ever crash have a massive helium balloon attached to it because there's no such thing as orbit. And that's why those rockets are either going a somewhat short distance or they're landing in the, in the water. You also have to think. Yeah, I guess if they were launching the rockets, it would make sense if they did it from like Australia or South America. But then maybe it would be obvious that they were going to the ice ring. I'm not sure, but it's not that far of a plane or boat ride if you access it at the right area you know south america australia i'm pretty sure you can get there fairly quickly life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com i'm sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So it's a pretty expensive hoax, but 
I think they're pocketing most of the money. There, there's no way. Like you mentioned, the movie Interstellar. What a silly movie that was. But that <laughs> movie costs way more than the whole everything they've ever filmed on the ISS. It has to. The ISS. This is such low budget stuff. Like it's YouTubers yeah. can do a better job. There are many YouTubers who are space nerds who would do a better job just with the green screen themselves. Yep. NASA overcomplicates it and they step on their own wires and stuff. They don't know what they're doing. It's too big of an operation. I yeah, don't know. And I think that's why they stopped going to the moon. And I think that's why we're seeing the phase out of the space shuttle mission so quick. And I think they're going to phase the ISS out eventually. They're setting the stage. They've, they've put out articles saying that it may need to be retired. It may crash, may need to be decommissioned. They're, there's just, they're just kind of planting the seeds so that when they do say it, so people will be like, Oh yeah, I think they were talking about getting rid of it. It just, it's what they do. And I think it's so hard to fake. They're like, if we can just get rid of this thing, we don't have to fake it anymore. You know? And that's why there's no more moon missions because we would go, for one, why can't we watch them go, which I think is kind of funny. You can look at the moon up in the sky and you can sometimes watch an airplane go in front of it. Technically, why can't I watch them travel to the moon? <laughs> like send the rocket right up to it and drop the rover off and um, let us watch it. You could zoom in with a Nikon P900 and watch it go into a small dot and land on the moon. Yeah, those are the types of things that were definitely not possible when they were planning all this out. Back in 1969, right. I don't think they ever envisioned that regular people would be able to zoom in, like save media and zoom in on it on a magic machine that we all had in our houses and in our pockets even. And, yep. you know, simple, there's no such thing as a photo app back then. You know, now we right. can just crank the contrast and change the colors and you can see the box around the image and see how it was Photoshopped. And yeah, and I just don't think they ever envisioned this. And it is hard to fake. It is a movie. We know it's a movie, but they're trying to sell this as real and they're putting out live streams and stuff. You guys are idiots. Don't put a live live streams. You can't hold that up. You got to edit this stuff. No. But then the, people would be questioning it. And I think that's what happened with the Challenger explosion was that they never dreamed that there would be something called the Internet where I could Google someone's name or their image and it would match up to their university profile in Wisconsin. And in 1986, they're like, sure, yeah, they'll sign on to this thing, fake their death or whatever. We'll give you a new name, a new life. Well, little did they know in 2010, 2012, 2015, we now have the ability to find these people. And as they call them, Internet sleuths found them. They find six of the seven Challenger members, exact doppelgangers with the same name. Statistically impossible. Um, and two of them have been confronted now. So it, it just goes to show that people will, you know, people will ask me, well, why would they? That's so silly. Why would they do that? And then get caught. I'm like, I don't think they knew that we the general public would be able to look these people up, slow down their live streams, play it back. You know, our optics and the general public's technology has outgrown their lies. Yeah, fair enough. Even the original ones, if uh, Kubrick was involved, he did a really good job. But yeah. still, the 2001 Space Odyssey was better than the moon landing. It was done before it. It was still right. better, better quality. Well, well, back then you could blame it on it being 1969. They, if they're like, well, it's grainy or black and white. I'm like, well, it's 1969. You know, these days we'll be like, it needs to be super clear. And what's that wire? What's the bubble? What's the rat? You know, it's 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 just not aged well for them. Oh, the bubbles, man. Yeah, the bubbles. And it's, it's like they tell us some of this stuff in sixth grade and then they never bring it up again. You know, this whole vacuum thing. I remember sitting back thinking back to science class and I actually think I failed science class first time around, but 
I remember them saying it. Yeah, so it's a vacuum. So there's just some magical point. Okay, the, the, the atmosphere gets thinner and thinner in, in a gradient, but then there's some magical line where the vacuum doesn't vacuum anymore. Right. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And I was a pothead back then. I thought maybe I'm just dumb or something. I'm not I'm not getting this. I don't know. Right. I, read, I read some space books too. I, they're saying it a bunch more times. I, I just don't understand this. I, again, I thought I was dumb for not getting it, but now I just think it's dumb in general. The vacuum just magically stops all of a sudden. So I envision personally a much better world when people do wake up to this entire thing. And then when they realize how deep it goes, not just in the dark side with, you know, you briefly mentioned the, the pedophilia and all this crazy stuff and yeah, the vaccine, all the dark stuff, but also all this lighter stuff too. all this, just all this nonsense, you know, with the space and evolution as well. I would throw that in there as well. And yeah, these stupid ideas that you could just be whatever you want and, you know, that we're creating generations of people with no motivation, you know, people who think that they're already just super great the way they are. They don't need to do any work at all to become a skilled human being, right? They're just, uh, this is the the TikTok participation trophy yeah. generation. All you got to do is look pretty in front of the camera and you've done something. So it's taken us nowhere, basically, this whole thing about false information and vanity on top of that, just a, a vacuum, a cultural vacuum is what we're existing in right now, basically. And I envision a much better world when people wake up to this stuff. Again, there's plenty to do here in the world. Like it, just simple things like planting more trees yeah. and, and, you know, not paying the government, <laughs> taking away their power. It's not going to just vanish. It's not going to be a utopia. Might get right. in trouble one day for implying that people shouldn't pay their taxes, but there's so much to do here. We have such immense wealth and abundance. We have the power to do anything we want here in this world. It doesn't have to be all strip malls and CGI. You know, we could we could create the world that we want here. And I think that's never been easier. It's never been more in grasp than it is right now with all the different technologies and devices and tools and everything that we have now. It's never been more in our grasp to, to create this better world. And I think right. that might be one reason. I'd like your take on this. I think that might be one reason why they've kicked up the propaganda so severely, so quickly. Because at the same yeah. time that all this bad stuff comes to the forefront, the internet is also loaded with people doing stuff for themselves. People building yeah. stuff for themselves, repairing their own stuff. Underground economy is, is as strong as ever, getting stuff done. We're talking about free energy devices here too. You know, dynamos and people running appliances off water and motors off of water and mm -hmm. going off grid and creating communities off grid. I'm saying it's a long list. And I think we need to be distracted more now than ever. And uh, maybe that's the reason they did this whole pandemic. I thought they overplayed their card. Maybe they're they're desperate that we actually do have the ability to live without them right now. Yeah, and I think um, you hit the nail on the head. There's something that they mentioned during COVID. And they mentioned this window. There was a CNN doctor that came on and said, we've got a very short window. And if we don't get everyone to comply now, they're going to just go back out and enjoy their freedoms anyway. And it's like, if we don't take this window of opportunity when everyone's stuck in this bit of fear and sees it, they're all going to wake up and we're going to lose that opportunity forever. And I think that is a great example of what you just described. We're in this window of opportunity with humanity where the internet came around. And if we don't seize this opportunity right now, then we may lose it forever. Because if they turn us into a digital prison, it's over.
and we have you know ai you know robots and you know like what is it um uh, hunger games and all this like uh handmaiden's tale type scenarios if we get to there it's done but we're in this window and i think they know it too that if they don't clamp down really quick then they lose it and if we don't wake everybody up really quick we lose it and it's just we just have to take advantage of that and i think that's why the internet has been our biggest blessing and our biggest curse because like you described we're destroying an entire generation with tiktok but then i could also flip it and say that we are finishing off the new world order with TikTok. I go over to TikTok sometimes and I'm like, holy cow, this is a four hour documentary that's censored on YouTube. It's been wiped. Someone has re-uploaded it into the perfect little snippets with all these extra features of TikTok. And now it's blasting out into the world. And all these kids are seeing it, teenagers, and they're learning about this, this mundane conspiracy topic that I used to have to watch a four hour YouTube documentary for. And now it's like spreading like wildfire on TikTok. Yeah, the censorship is worse than ever. And the account got deleted, but someone else re-uploaded and it's got 10 million views again, more than Facebook and Instagram could have ever done. So I'm sitting over here going like, I literally have moments now where it's very encouraging where I look back and I go, man, I pop in TikTok and I'm like, there are certain people putting in so much work and waking up people so fast with that, that stupid app that we could almost sit back and chill now and be like, damn, our work is done. Like we sparked enough of the flames that all those little flames are now on TikTok and the ones alike, and they're doing the rest of the work. And all those old boring videos are now being clipped up into these perfect little digestible Gen Z, whatever versions. And the truth is still getting out there. And it's made me very happy to see. And I think the internet is going to continue to do that. It's like an avalanche. I don't think they're going to be able to clamp down faster than the truth is just like exploding from the seams. And that's, that's the phase we're in right now. The, you know, without being QAnon ish, it is the great awakening. I do agree. What's next for you, Justin? What's next man is, um, I'm flying by the seat of my pants, man. I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy life still. Obviously we all are one foot in the matrix at some point and trying to get our other foot out. But I'm just taking every day as it comes. If we get pand- pandemic two, we're going to be back out there in the streets. If not, I'm just going to be confronting politicians like Peter Hotez if they come in town. Uh, we're going to be speaking at city council meetings, trying to stop the UN climate initiatives from using Agenda 2030 to take over our local towns, which everybody needs to be speaking out on right now. Um, I see that as the most pressing topic, the UN climate thing. Agenda 2030, that's where the chemtrails come in, the 5G, and that's where they all meet in the middle. That's where the Maui fires, all those things kind of come together, I think, at the same point, because they want to stack us and pack us. So, um, and that's even medical tyranny, you know, Um, vaccine passports go into that system. So keep educating people about all these topics, but I think we've got to stop this Agenda 2030. And that's that's most likely what I'm going to be focusing on going forward. So I like how you brought all that together, all these different topics. I was going to ask if, you know, if radiation is still on your radar, if you're still doing anything about it. Well, yeah, you're you're 100 percent right. That's the centerpiece of this smart city thing. They couldn't do it without the cell phone towers. They couldn't do it without everything being connected, including everything, everything you do all being logged into the system from your garage door opening to your, your refrigerator. Right. And all these things potentially being 
able to be controlled remotely and interfered with and turned off and all this stuff, just like your smart meter. So yeah, no, I agree. Out of all the things that are happening, it's a very, very important thing. Look, I, I know we're at the end here, but I don't know personally if it's going to be one whole controlled society in this, you know, technocratic dictatorship, mm-hmm. or if there's going to be the people who live in cities are just utterly dominated, right? You you got your facial recognition cameras every time you cross the street and do anything and social credit and all this stuff. And I don't know if it's going to be, if we're going to be able to have a complete separate society, if there's going to be, if we're going to be able to live outside of it. I live way far away from this. I'm six hours from a city going driving as fast as I can here. So I'm not a part of it. I feel like I'm not a part of it. I don't know if they're going to make small, smart towns and everything, but definitely the focus is right now on the city people and the city people too. They're the most liberal. They're the most disconnected from the earth. They're the most disconnected from the industries that run their world. Like I live in a mining town. A lot of these liberals in cities talk about how they don't like mining while they're holding a phone that wouldn't exist without mining and living in a house that wouldn't exist without mining and so on, right? We need mining. It's important. I'm just saying they've turned us against some of the things that run our world, right? These, right. Uh, you go to a regular school, regular university. Now you're taught that your breath is a poison and that these industries that literally sustain us, right? Again, I'm in the North mining and logging. This is what we do up here. And oil. people are against this. Yeah. Oil too. These, these are, yeah. and I went to school for energy systems engineering. I, I dropped out, but they told us there's nothing more efficient than oil. All this other stuff is right. a gimmick. The only reason people are building solar fields and wind farms is because the government has given them money to do it. And once the money stops coming in, those companies will shut themselves down. They'll go bankrupt because it's not, it's never going to be a profitable industry. They told me this 10 years ago. These are teachers telling me this, right? And we're in a course learning how to build windmills and stuff. And they're saying it's not as efficient. It's just a political thing. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, and I think you're right about the society split. I didn't really see that in the beginning. I kind of just envisioned that like, cookie cutter you know they take it all over you can't take all... it all over man we live with the you amish up here and right. the natives you can't you can't stop us you can't get the natives right. on board they'll die before they get on board and there's too many like like i've always said america's too spread out you're not going to turn rural america into smart cities you're not going to turn all the villages in india and in brazil there's so there's such vast populations across such large land masses that it would never work so i think you're right it may be a, a situation where hey if you want to live if you want to pay cash and grow food and live in Kansas, then you can. But if you want to, you know, have everything done for you and everything logged into your your palm print and it's super convenient and healthcare and all these things, then you can go into the smart city and log yourself in. But yeah, because it, for, it realistically, it would take them way too long to get us all in there. So they're either going to have to do the whole like wipe out 80% of us and put the leftovers in there. Or we are going to have two split societies. We're going to see people go towards the convenient, safe, smart city. And then the rebels are going to go live the old way. Well, it's interesting. You plan to stay in the cities? No, no. I'm, And I think the only thing that keeps me here is I truly think my purpose has been to sort of uh, like sort of have a gift to um, connect with the people still in the system infiltrate and and hold the people that are in the system their feet to the fire so like i think that my purpose has been i I needed to be close to the the mayor i needed to be so i can get to him or all these people that i can either push them out hold their feet to the fire uh but eventually yes i see myself getting the hell out of here too
Yeah, I'm thinking about an apple farm myself, to tell you the truth. <laughs> you you ever think about getting into politics? Sometimes, yeah, I do. But then I'm just like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't. It's such a toxic environment. Um, it's just a cesspool. It's crazy wanna... that it keeps good people out, right? It's a self-reinforcing yeah. system. And it's I just... wouldn't want to be around it either. I don't blame you at all. I mean, just what I do, I get enough like trolls and attacks and targeted things that happen to me. And I'm not even like a politician or a public figure now. I can't imagine the things that I would have to deal with and put like friends and family through and like all these for what too, you know, I don't even know that I'd be able to, I, I feel like I can get more done just being loud in a city council meeting and getting the media to listen to me. Um, but I get it because if I did get in a position like RFK Jr., I feel like I could drop some serious truth bombs if I could get a microphone in front of me, which is, I know we're ending, but that's one thing that encourages me about his run because he speaks about so many of the topics, 5G, vaccines, Monsanto, that him just doing the campaign trail is 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 flat smacking or not flat smacking, but uh, truth bombing and waking people up to all these topics. And so I it's agree. like whether he wins or not, like, his his run is waking people up. His Rogan interview uh, moves mountains alone, you know. Yeah, even for a guy who doesn't speak that well, not taking anything against him, does he? Do no, no, little, but it's true. A little bit strangely, a little bit strangely. I was actually going to make the comparison from you to RFK. You remind me of RFK. I mean, I don't hope that's not too overblown. And and I know a lot of people in the conspiracy world don't like RFK. They think he's an agent and all this stuff. Well, I don't know. I'm impressed with what he's done. You know, he has done a lot to wake people up and you do speak with the same sort of like, like lawyerly. He, he's a lawyer, right? But you yeah, yeah, it's true. Facts, right? You don't really go on too much emotional tangents. You know, you're not really attacking. It's right. just very, it's very professional. It's very good. I do think you do a good job His, in, um, in the city confronting the mayors and stuff like that. But he, it sucks. You got to kind of sacrifice your own life to do it, right? I know he he really inspires me the way his uh he's able to do it. Like you said in the beginning, like with class. Like the way that they've been asking him, they'll ask him to kind of go at Trump or Biden. And he just he's like, no, I'm I'm here. I'll talk about their policy. I disagree with their policy, but I'm here to do this, this and this. Like no one will even take most people will take that bait to bash the other politician and the the, the class to be able to drop truth bombs and not go off on any of those tangents. I have a lot of respect for that. And that's the type of that's the way I'd handle it. I don't care how crazy disgusting or proven guilty someone is i would just straight up run on the facts and i would expose something but like i'm not just gonna sit up there and make some fun of like biden for the way he speaks or falls on the stairs it it can be funny and yeah you can talk about it in private but i would never do it in that manner like ever in an interview so yeah it's good you come you come with facts you stick to the facts even if you only get two minutes you hit it hard i appreciate it and I really appreciate you being here with me today, too. Do you have anything else that, that you would like to say? I know you don't you don't sell anything. You know, I've already I've, I would have already said your your Instagram handle in the in YouTube in the introduction where you can talk about them here, too. But what what are you promoting? What what do you want people to do? I want. um. Yes, you're right. So since I'm not selling anything, I usually just want people to come across my work and inspire them to do the same type of thing. So like my goal, I always tell people is that. They fill up their city council meeting with a whole bunch of moms and shut down the school board meeting or they um, they 
every time Peter Hotez or Fauci or anyone comes into their town, the, the person is literally canceling public appearances because so many people are showing up outside their car or their venue with a camera and asking them the hard questions about Epstein Island or about their Pfizer money. That's what my goal is, that there's a hundred Lukerdowskis or Justin Harvey's out there and that they can't show their face in public. And it just makes it very difficult for them. Um, that's my goal. I just want other people to be the change so that we can get the world back on track. Um, other than that, if you want to follow my work, I'm on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble as We Are Change Orlando. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok as Justin underscore We Are Change. And if you know anybody moving to Florida, I uh, do real estate for my day job. So you can, that is one way you can help support me since I don't take donations. But if you have anyone that wants to buy or sell a house in Florida, I'd love to help them out. And that directly helps give me more time to harass my local mayor about issues that matter. A lot of people want to move to Florida. I know a lot, a lot of people have. We moved to Texas and there's lots and lots of people who came from any of these liberal yeah. states. You know, I kind of hope that Maybe that's what it takes, too. I think the same thing in Canada sometimes, too, because the provinces all disagree, just like the states all disagree. Yeah. So why, why don't you just, you know, break some of it off? I know we're talking about, uh, like, breaking yeah, up the union, sense. but why not? Why not? Let's uh, We're getting to the breaking point here with some of these cultural issues. Why not have Florida and Texas break off, you know, and to do their own thing, do their own state? I don't know. Maybe it's a bit extreme, but you're getting a lot of people going, like, I think... It's becoming more polarized, right? The liberal places have become more and more liberal because the people who weren't about that, they left. And now you've got places that are becoming super, super conservative, if that's even an appropriate word anymore. Yeah. And maybe that that is what it takes. High, dense concentrations of people who don't want to deal with this stuff to really just create the kind of places where we can live without this. I don't know. Maybe people want to live in this super dominating environment up in New York and in San Francisco and whatnot. Let them, I say, you know, same here in Canada. If they want to have a smart city in Toronto and you want to do that and you want to pay $2 million for a townhouse in a former ghetto for the privilege of living in a smart city, you go ahead. But uh, the the people who don't want otherwise, maybe we create our own communities elsewhere. Bingo. It's a complicated issue. I don't expect you to have all the answers, but you're doing your part. You're waking people up one by one. I think we have seen a big change. You've been hanging around since at least 2012. You've seen the change. I meet people all the time now who are closet flat earthers. You know, I've had plenty of private conversations, like even in real life, too, where they're just I can tell them inching towards kind of breaking open, talking about it, seeing what I'm going to react to. And I say, don't worry, you can right. speak freely, man. I've been <laughs> eight, eight years. And come on. It's fake. Right. And they're just so relieved to talk about it. There, There's a lot of people out there that that are really, really understanding Thanks. lots of this, especially with the vaccines. So, yeah, last maybe last point here. Maybe this is relevant. You know, this TikTok generation teachers talk about how it's a problem with these kids because they just don't care about anything anymore. They don't even care about punishment, right? So, you know, back when we were kids, I think you're around the same age as I am, you know, they'd tell you to go to the office and we'd be like, oh no, don't call my parents. You know, it's going to be a bad thing. Yeah. Kids don't care at all these days, it seems. And maybe that's a good thing because it's the generations, you know, the Karens and the, the older people that believe in the system, I think that defend it the most. And the younger people, I don't see younger people defending the system really not very much. Even the liberals, they're just kind of upset about everything. Like the the super left, they're just upset about everything. And most of these generations seem to just not care at all. They can't be bothered about anything. So why would you care about politics and 
you know, why would you support right. this? You know, they're not even they're not even motivated to to work hard and earn a big income, so they're not going to pay taxes either. <laughs> so right. I think maybe by default they won't be supporting the system. Who knows? And that that I think by default will help them be more um, prone to to wake up and snap out of it because then you don't have like this this connection and this oh I want to defend this system that I worked hard for and I believed in and I put my money in and I paid for that school. You know, if you've got a bunch of kids that are like man, my parents don't know what's going on. I can't be grounded. I'll just hop on TikTok and I don't believe anything this stuff is saying. I don't trust the school. There may be more prone to that 9-11 or that flat earth video now because they're like, I don't, I actually use this example with people in poverty because, you know, people who have been kicked down by the government over and over and over, when you present to them that the government may be lying about something, they'll go, yeah, well, they've been screwing me over every other way. So why not this way? But then you find that like, doctor or lawyer or bank teller and they're so entrusted in the system and they've done everything the way the cookie cutter way it's like this isn't a big lie what are you telling me so they're the harder person to crack but the people that already have a distrust for government let's let's crack it wide open so yeah let's i'm i hope the new generation does kind of it kind of ripple effects on them that way that would be great i hope so too so Justin, it's been an honor, truly. It's a real honor. It's true. You're still my hero. I have a couple <laughs> other heroes out there too. That. I just never told them. Never got <laughs> never had the opportunity to tell them. I didn't felt weird about it. But for you, yeah, I want to encourage you. Honestly, it's super, super inspiring. I wish I could do more on the ground stuff too. I don't feel like I'm built for it. I do what I do, but I, I agree. More people need to copy what you're doing. You didn't make up the system. It's old school pamphleting. In a little yeah. bit of a new school way with a social media twist. You don't need to have millions of followers. You don't have millions of followers. You know, you've got a solid group of tens of thousands. And that's more than enough to make yeah. a big difference in this world. It truly, truly is. I've seen massive difference, again, that we make in our health business. It's person to person. It's not millions of people. It's hundreds of people when we're doing a good job. It's thousands of people when we're doing a great job. And that really can actually create entire movements and change the way the next generation learns stuff. So mm -hmm. appreciate you once again, Justin. I'm always following, always looking forward to what you're seeing. Hope everybody checks out all your stuff. I'll put all your links in the description. This will probably be up in about a week. And appreciate that. Anytime you want to come back on, man, you just let me know. Hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity. I'll do it anytime. And hey, just like, just like we heard from your old fearless leader up there, never underestimate the fringe minority, right? Because they are the ones that will make the change. 100%. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thanks, man. Have Take a good it one. easy, man. Appreciate it. So I do hope you found some inspiration here from Justin. I'm assuming most of you guys live in the cities. That's what I see from the insights on the podcast. So you do have easy access to media attention and council meetings. I live in a very small town. And I know in that podcast, it kind of sounded like I was making an excuse there. Like, oh, I kind of wish I could do that. Well... There's different ways that we can all be involved in being the change. First of all, you want to be the example that you expect others to follow. Me, I'm in the health business. That means I got to be as healthy as possible. You know, if you think Netflix or Amazon or any of these companies are bad, well, you shouldn't be using these. You shouldn't be paying for them. I've recently become real upset with YouTube. Every week I'm getting a notification that another lecture was taken down. Ones that have been up for years. I already mentioned we've been permanently demonetized, but they're still taking videos down on top of that. So I'm choosing not to use YouTube as much. 
I took down most of the videos. Not the health ones, but all the extra videos. And I am choosing to watch Rumble more and just generally watch less of everything completely. I know these social media things give us access to information, but that doesn't mean we need to bathe in this information all the time. Most of this is horrible stuff. Once you know that everything is crooked from the media and the governments, then you don't need to keep relearning that. It's fine to have a little bit of passive entertainment, but there's also other ways to have entertainment. I recommend going to a thrift store and spending 20 bucks, 30 bucks on a pile of DVDs. Why not? What else are you watching? There's a few creators that I enjoy on YouTube, but I absolutely don't need them in my life. Definitely don't need to pay for YouTube or Amazon or anything like that. Never paid for any of those things. They're practically giving away DVDs. Whole box sets of shows. You, know, you can buy your favorite seasons of your favorite shows for a dollar or two at a lot of these shops. You can spend 20 bucks and have months of entertainment. And you own it. You don't have to worry about them taking it down. You don't have to pay a monthly subscription. You don't have to worry about them editing it because it no longer corresponds with modern values or whatever. And this is actually a point here that I think is important. Taking money away from the system is one of the main ways that I choose to protest in my own way. I mentioned I live in a small town. And I actually wrote a book, by the way, called Everything the Government Does is Bad for Us. Again, you can find all of my books on my website, notusbooks.org. You can see the audiobooks of all of my books for free in the audiobook section on the website. And in that book, I talk about this. Like, it's the federal government that is really the problem. I live in a small company town. It's a mining town. My town does not go to war. My town does not support Ukraine. Which, by the way, is another thing that really frustrated me with YouTube. All of us creators got an email specifically telling us that we're not allowed to criticize the war in Ukraine, which kind of blows my mind. And it goes even further to show that both sides of the political spectrum are both pro-war. It's weird to me. I've flipped between liberal and conservative several times in my life, but for a long time I've, I considered myself very liberal, very left. And I thought that was the anti-war position. But clearly it wasn't. Obama became president and proved that a so-called liberal president can drop the most bombs and sign off on the most predator drone strikes and all this stuff and start new wars. It doesn't matter whether they're liberal, conservative, Republican, or Democrat. They're all pro-war. It blows my mind. So are all these big tech companies. They love the war can't even criticize it or you can get demonetized and have your videos taken down but anyways my town does not go to war so me going to a town council meeting honestly i think there's only a couple of issues that would even be worth bringing up which would be the cell phone towers in town and the voltage step down station that has buildings in very close proximity and maybe i will speak at a town hall meeting one day but I know it doesn't have the same impact as bigger municipalities or, you know, the provincial and state governments, which waste a lot more of our tax money on stuff that oppresses us. But it's really the federal government. You know, the states and the provinces, they're the ones mostly in charge of the education and stuff. So all this LGBTQ agenda and all this stuff and all this climate change brainwashing, a lot of that is happening at the state level. It's sponsored by the state. And it's crazy that we pay for so much of their media campaigns. Like, we pay for commercials in Ontario telling us to gamble. I'm from Ontario, Canada. Ontario owns the gambling. 
and we're bombarded with gambling ads. And I can't believe that I, as a taxpayer, pay for ads that tell me or encourage me to do one of the most possibly destructive things I could ever do, right? If you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, it's hard to go below zero. Maybe you blow all your money, but probably not, quite honestly. Most people seem to deal with their habits and still be able to work a job and whatnot, but I used to live next to a big casino, and I'd go in there and people watch and drink the free cranberry juice. I wouldn't gamble. And I've watched people lose their homes. It's no joke. I've had friends who have been seriously addicted to gambling, and I just can't believe that not only does the government encourage us to gamble, but we also pay for it. Crazy. Of course, in Ontario, again, you know, they run the cigarettes and the weed, the marijuana that's legal now. They tax these things big time. The alcohol, you've got to buy alcohol from the government. That recently just loosened a little bit where you can buy some wine at the grocery store and stuff. And I'm not saying that it's good to do these things, but when the government is in control of it, they're basically stealing money from us with the taxes. And some of these things are taxed so much. Like cigarettes are taxed hugely. Most of the cost is tax. And you know that because the natives... The Indians, you know, they're selling it for like five times less. It's because so much of it is taxed in the store. One of the problems with this is that the poorest people smoke cigarettes. The poorest people drink more alcohol. The poorest people smoke the most. So they're being taxed extra. Like the people who have the least money are being gouged the most, just giving it to the government. Anyways, what am I getting at here? Take money away from the beast. Don't pay them as much as possible. When I was young, they used to talk about reduce, reuse, recycle. All I hear about, though, is recycling. What happened to the first two? We should be reducing the amount that we're using, the amount that we're spending, especially when it's completely unnecessary. If you can get the same products from the natives, go buy it from them. I'm not telling you to smoke, but if you do, don't buy the government cigarettes. Don't buy the government marijuana. Don't buy the government alcohol. You can brew your own alcohol. I'd rather buy DVDs from a thrift shop, especially one that doesn't pay tax, tax tax-exempt charity status, than buy a new one from somewhere like Walmart. And I've been on record defending Walmart before, actually. I'll probably even post that episode here again, or at least to the archive on notusbooks.org. But even though I've defended them in a way, I'm still going to avoid using them as much as possible. I hardly ever buy anything on Amazon. Sometimes I'm kind of backed into a corner, But I absolutely do everything I can to not give these huge companies money. And I'm not anti-business. I'm in business. I'm pro-capitalism. But what we have here is not really capitalism because it's controlled by the government. It's regulated by the government. And all these big companies are basically in cahoots with the government to do all these programs against us. Again, the sexual agenda that they got going, it's weird climate change they want to spend billions and trillions of our dollars on climate change a fake thing that isn't even real we can talk about that another time i've got other videos and so on about that i worked in the climate change industry by the way it's it's a topic for another day i also went to school for energy systems engineering and i dropped out but i was there long enough for them to tell us that windmills and solar and all this stuff is a complete scam nothing is going to approach the efficiency of oil or nuclear power which, of course, the government's against nuclear, the left, and, you know, I'm not blaming the left, really. Like, the government and these corporations have created what is the modern left, and it's delusional. So I'm just saying that these big companies, I'm not against companies, but these big companies, the bigger they get, they tend to act like governments, especially when it comes to these social programs. 
And of course, who do you think is going to provide the 15-minute cities? Well, it's the cell phone companies and the other infrastructure companies and these things like Walmart and Amazon. They're happy to participate in these. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I'm not in their heads, but I don't like it. So I choose not to give them money as much as possible. And sometimes that means I'm just cheap. I don't spend money if I don't have to. I have another book called I Did It For The Money because a lot of us people who think these big companies are bad, we also kind of think that money is bad. We think that we're going to look bad amongst our peers or we're not going to be as moral or righteous or virtuous if we make money. So it was a big part of the motivation for writing that book. I wanted to explain that, hey, I, I tried volunteering for a living and I went completely broke and ended up in poverty. And now I realize that making money allows me to live without the system. I can buy things that get me away from the system. And I've realized how much it's actually going to cost me to get fully away from the system. And we inch towards it with every dollar that we make and every dollar that we save and keep, we keep it. We don't spend it on stuff that gives it back to the system. This is the whole reduce, reuse, recycle rate. I try and reduce things first. We act like the Amish. We have a lot of Amish up where we live. Well, they get together and they talk about whether they should incorporate new technologies, right? They're not completely against having a phone. They might just decide, hey, we only need one phone for this community. Or maybe the Amish, they run a business, like they run a gas station up where I live, and I like buying like honey and some other things off of them. Of course, they have a phone at that business. But if we need to call Amish Willie to get some tin, we buy our tin off of him, tax-free, we have to call him on his neighbor's phone and leave a message, and Willie will call us back. And that phone serves multiple families because not everyone needs a phone all the time. And I'm saying in my house, I live with my hetero life mate, Chef Norman, and it can seem ridiculous sometimes. We hum and haw about basically every decision of what we're bringing into our lives. It might only be a $10 item, a $20 item, it might be nothing. But we really sit there and think about, do we actually need this thing? Can we go without it? Is there some other thing that we could use? Could we get it used? Okay, can we get a better deal on it? Can we avoid taxes on this? Do we know anyone that would trade something? Do we know someone with this thing that's not using it anymore? Or could we borrow it? Do we need to own it? Could we just use it for a while? Do we have to use this thing for one job? Or maybe we need it for a season or something like that. These are real questions that we could easily ask more often and end up spending less. And I'm very grateful for this behavior because... Almost everything I've bought on Amazon has been a total piece of junk, and I've regretted buying it in the first place. So we sit there and we think about it. We do research. You know, if I'm spending money on this, even if it's 10 bucks or 100 bucks, if I'm spending money on this, is this actually going to serve my needs correctly? Is this the right thing that I need? Or should I spend more on a good quality one so I never have to buy it again? And again, if I do decide on a higher quality one, could I get it used? I'm talking things like computers, too. I bought my computer here on Craigslist from some dude, and it works great. Why not? I don't need to go to a store to get it in every circumstance. Actually, it's not very often that I have to go to a store and buy something. This goes for food, too. We buy wholesale food as much as possible. We're working towards growing more. I'm getting into hunting, even though it's been a bit of a pain to try and get my gun license back from the Canadian government. That's a long story. But we're working on ways of getting more and more of our food and supplies ourselves or from the underground market. And we really hold off on getting anything new. 
You know, you hear people say, oh, sleep on it before you make a decision. We'll sleep on it for weeks, months. There's things I've been humming and hawing about for years, and I can totally afford them. And I haven't pulled the trigger yet. A lot of people are way too eager to spend that money, but realize your money is going towards the government. Your money is going towards these programs that are against us and against our children and all this stuff. So ask these questions. Could I get it for free? Could I go without it? Could I get it used? Could I trade for it? Could I borrow it? Etc. Is this actually the right thing for my needs? And so on. Subscriptions are a big one in this category. I hate subscriptions. Don't pay any of these entertainment subscriptions. I haven't paid a phone bill in years. That's a big one. I've been super against EMF and cell phone towers for a very long time. I have a great video called How to Live Without a Phone Bill. I'll put it in the description. I think it was a podcast episode originally, but again, the podcast got taken down and everything got taken down with it. Maybe I'll post it again here because I think more people need to know this. You don't have to pay a phone bill. I run a business online, literally on social media, and I don't pay a phone bill, haven't paid it in years because these companies are criminals. These companies are harming us. I don't want to give them my money, and it's weird for you to be against it and still pay them. I know a lot of young people who don't make very much money and they have all these different subscriptions. They got Netflix, they got Hulu, they pay a phone bill. Crazy to me. Stop paying these people. You can protest like Justin. And you should. More people should. Especially if you're in the position to. But I truly believe that taking our health into our own hands and taking our wealth into our own hands are some of the biggest steps that we can make to change this world. When it comes to health, 75% of television cable marketing budget is pharmaceutical. 75% of the money that pays for the programming on TV comes from pharmaceutical companies. So first of all, that's obviously a big part of the reason why you only see mainstream medicine on television shows and movies. You've never seen a movie or show that's about a naturopathic physician or an acupuncturist or anything like that. You've never ever seen that. If anything, you've seen them made fun of in shows, movies, and the pundits at night making fun of the quack alternative people. Well, of course, who funds these programs? It's pharmaceutical medicine. So if you don't like pharmaceutical medicine and vaccines and stuff, then definitely don't pay for cable, but also don't pay for new movies and television shows either on whatever platform or even from a movie theater. Does this sound like I'm going too far? Oh, it's just entertainment. No, it's not just entertainment. Entertainment is paid for by advertising. And every single one of these companies, all the big movie studios, all of this stuff is pro-vaccine, pro-mainstream medicine, pro-status quo. Oh, you watch sports? I guess you can sign up for the sports programming without paying for cable. I do know that's possible to do. I don't watch sports, but I'm pretty sure. And one of the reasons I justify myself for, for example, in Canada, when they were doing the trucker protest in in Ottawa, the capital, during the pandemic, Chef Norman and I actually thought about going. We discussed it. First of all, I didn't have heat in my car and I couldn't get it repaired because it was the pandemic. I live six hours from a city. There was many months waiting list. I actually went three years without a heater in the far north. It was pretty brutal. We were wearing snow pants and full-on coats and fur hats and stuff in the car because we didn't have a heater. So didn't really want to drive six hours without a heater and be there without a heater the whole time. And I justify this because, you know, I tend to spend 12 hours on a regular day. It's no joke. 12, 14 hours is a normal day for me. 
what do we do? We teach people how to get healthy. When we teach people how to get healthy, we take money and power away from the pharmaceutical-centric world out there, right? Our governments are pro-pharmaceuticals. They spend billions of dollars on vaccines. They just robbed us of so much money to buy these COVID vaccines, but they've done this the whole way through. If you have to go to your school gymnasium to get a mandatory shot like I did, where they threatened to kick us out of school if we didn't do it, the school board bought billions of dollars of vaccines to force into us. So the more people we teach about how to be healthy without the system, how to be your own doctor, which is what we do for a living, the more we are taking power away from that system. And that's why I justified my not participating in Ottawa protests. I knew it would take me away from work. I wouldn't be able to work for several days at least. Am I making an excuse? Yeah, I guess. But everyone needs to find their position here. You need to be the change that you want to see in this world. And I want to see thrift becoming cooler again. Again, reduce, reuse, before you recycle. Recycle means you bought something and you're basically throwing it in the trash. Recycling's a scam too. That's a talk for another day. You're not doing anything to save the world if you're recycling. You are doing something if you're reducing what you use, especially the single-use products. I don't really use single-use products. And you're reusing as much as possible. So, right, we buy good quality stuff that we know is going to last a long time, stuff we can pass down to our grandkids as much as possible. With the whole bulk thing, too, there's a lot less packaging involved. If we use something over and over, like soap or toothbrushes, I'll buy 100 toothbrushes in bulk. Made of bamboo, not plastic. Buy boxes of soap. It's cheaper, less packaging. Less money, less taxes, and many of these items I can buy on the underground market. There's plenty of people who make soap, especially in the countryside. If you buy it at Whole Foods, first of all, you're paying Whole Foods like 99% of the value, and you're paying tax on that. I would never do that. So take control of your health and your wealth, if I can leave you with anything. Whether you protest or not, if you don't protest, can you contribute to the people who are protesting? I brought Justin on here today and gave him a voice and let him tell you how he does it so you can copy his strategy. Can you support any people like this? What are you good at? Could you help make some flyers? Maybe you live in the middle of nowhere like me, but maybe you can make those flyers and send them to the activists so they can go and paste them up. Maybe you can donate to their campaigns if you trust that they're going to use the money properly. Maybe you can just share their stuff on social media and get the awareness out. That is a part of it too. As much as I dislike social media, I absolutely have to admit that it has helped us reach way more people than I could ever reach person to person. I know there's a network effect and a message could reach the whole world, you know, person to person, but social media really accelerates that. So what are you doing on social media? Are you posting pictures of your food and your butt or are you posting real stuff? Are you yelling at your audience like they're idiots? Or are you showing them respect and sharing something with them? Are you working on your communication skills? There's a lot of people who talk to me that are like, hey man, I'm having a real hard time getting through to people about vitamins and minerals. Or yeah, I try to tell people about this New World Order stuff, you know, but they just don't listen. Well, how are you doing? Are you talking down to them? Again, are you actually studying it? I'm in sales for a living. I studied communication and I continue to study it. I try to be respectful to the people I'm speaking to. Right? A lot of people say, oh, wake up, people. But who are you speaking to? You're probably already speaking to people who are on your side. Why are you yelling at them? You got to be dumb if you believe this. This is not a good way to communicate. And there's plenty of 
books and content and other stuff about communication. And if you're trying to spread a positive message, a message that uplifts people, a message that teaches people how to get healthy, how to be self-sufficient, etc., etc., waking them up to lies, you need to study communication or you're probably going to do a bad job at it. Very few of us are blessed with perfect communication skills from the start. And these are just some tips, but I really do think they matter. There's no reason why we can't acquire a few more skills to do a few more things for ourselves that allow us to spend less, use less, reuse more. Right? My housemate and I, Chef Norman, we both learned how to sew. We can sew some things. We can fix some things. We can patch our clothing if we need. I try and buy good quality clothing so it lasts a while. We buy good quality tools so it lasts a while and so we can use it to build more of our own stuff so we don't have to buy stuff. We bought a herb garden. We can buy trees. Fruit trees. Fruit trees produce a lot of fruit, if you didn't know. One of the ways I think we can make this a much healthier world is a fruit tree in every yard. A fruit tree that already has fruit on it, up where I live at least, it costs 90 bucks. Canadian dollars. That's like 60 bucks US for a tree. If you've ever had a pear tree or an apple tree, you know. One family can't consume that much pears and apples. It's an abundance of fruit very quickly. I'm not saying we're all going to eat fruit permanently. I'm just saying there's a lot of ways that we can take away our dependence on the grocery store. Chickens is a great example. I know you can't do this in the city, but maybe consider leaving the city. This is another thing that I strongly believe we should do. Why? Because a lot of the problem is in the city. The 15-minute cities, right? Keyword, cities. They're in the cities. There's not 15-minute towns. You can walk across my town in 15 minutes. There'd be no point of doing a smart city there. Living is way cheaper out there. My house costs less than 50 grand Canadian. I know the prices have gone up, but that's about the same price as a parking spot in Toronto where I'm from. If you live in the city, you're completely dependent on the food system for the most part. You can grow a little bit in your apartment, I guess, but not really. You definitely can't have any chickens or anything like that. You can't have your own well. So you can't control your water, you can't control your food, you can't control your air. Air quality has improved in recent years and decades. It's not getting worse, it's getting better, but still, it's better in the country. EMF, frequencies, radiation, they're not going to turn down the radiation. We should protest it, we should wake people up, but you need to leave the city because it's not going to get better. And it is better in the country way cheaper a lot of you guys are young and you don't know what to do with your life don't know how you're going to make it in the city and i sympathize i grew up in a basically low-income neighborhood and now it costs millions of dollars to buy the houses that my friends and i grew up in they're not nice houses millions of dollars this is from inflation and other government policies that are constantly squeezing us and squeezing every dollar out of you And all of it is unhealthy. It's very difficult to be healthy in this world. You have to put effort in. Well, it's even harder in the city. It's way easier in the country. And we don't have to work as hard. You gotta work two, three, five jobs (laughs) to keep your crummy little apartment in the city. In many of these cities. But Chef Norman and I, honestly, if we wanted to, we could just sit back and chill. Everything's paid for. House is paid for. Cars are paid for. And we've bought all this stuff that we actually could be mostly self-sufficient. We could go out and trap animals and shoot them and go fishing. We actually wouldn't need to go to the grocery store if, if really the world shut down or something like that. So I'm not going to talk about every little item in your life. These are just some general things to think about. 
on how you can spend less, keep more of your money so you keep it away from the system and still live a good life. I think my life is fine, materially at least. I've never bought a new car and I never will, and part of that is in protest. I want to spend less. Most of the stuff we don't need. Learn about finances. On my website, notusbooks.org, I have a review section of books. There's sections on money, finance, personal development, sales, health, and other things that can help you improve your life. I had to study money to understand it. Now I know. I've got to pay myself first. 10% of everything I earn, I have to pay that to myself first. I have to save that. If you don't understand that, you need to check out that section. The best money books. You got to read Richest Man in Babylon and some of the others in there to understand this. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you must pay yourself first or you won't have anything left. If you don't have anything left, you are stuck dependent on the system. You're not getting ahead. I don't care whether you rent or you own your house. It doesn't matter to me. But what matters is that you keep enough to invest in yourself and your future. And if you're wasting a bunch of time on Netflix and scrolling Instagram, you really need to ask yourself if it's helping or hurting you. I get paid enough on Instagram to justify it. I refuse to scroll on it. I use it. I don't let it use me. Does Instagram pay you? If not, how much time are you spending on it? Is it worth it? And I know I'm against Amazon, and you might say, well, Ryan, what, you have your books on Amazon. What the heck? Aren't you a hypocrite? Well, again, Amazon pays me. I don't pay Amazon. I can't beat their distribution system for books. This is the trade-off. One of my friends just wrote a book, Brian Bender from the Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies podcast. I'm going to buy his book. I understand that they have a monopoly on the distribution of books. But I also wouldn't blame you for not buying my book because you have to get it on Amazon. You can talk to me. I could arrange to send you one where I printed it from them, but I'm not giving them a cut. Maybe they did make a couple of pennies, really. Maybe a dollar off of the printing, but I don't think so. Either way, it's just like social media. We do have to use it to an extent if we're trying to get a message out there, but we don't have to let it use us. We can be extremely selective on what we do purchase. And I know we operate on Instagram. I know we teach people how to be healthy on it and etc. There's quite a few people who tell us they only come on Instagram to see our stories. Because I think it is a good tool to teach people these things. But those people are smart. They're using it to their advantage and they're getting off. And there's been plenty of people who messaged me and said, hey, I'm getting off Instagram for my own sake, my own health. And I congratulate them. I say, that's excellent. They don't need Instagram. Even though, you know, they're a customer of mine or whatever, I want them to see the information, but it's better for them if they get off of it. And we can connect elsewhere. And that's a large reason why they actually message me. Hey, I'm getting off Instagram. How can I stay in contact? How can I stay up to date with what you guys are doing? Even if I'm not viewing Instagram, there are ways. And this is not even mentioning the fact that all of these devices are surveillance devices for you, right? It's part of this whole New World Order thing. Absolutely think that we should use less of it for that reason. And for the reason that Google and Facebook, Instagram, these companies make most of their money on selling your data. Therefore, by stopping using these platforms, you are taking money out of their pockets. There's no reason why Google has to continue to be a multi-billion dollar company. It could shrink into oblivion if we all stopped using it. I know we think we need these things these days. We don't. And I'm not even talking about switching to competing apps. Take your life back. 
A lot of people listening have grown up on the internet. They don't have any skills. Well, start it. Get a skill. Get a hobby. Start learning. Understand you're going to be bad at it at first. Do that in the evenings instead of watching social media or scrolling on your phone. Don't go on your phone first thing in the morning. Set limits for yourself and decide if it's really doing anything for you at all. And I know this is a long rant, but there's a lot of people who need to hear this stuff. You must take control of your health and your wealth if you want to take down the system. You can and should protest it in any way you can. Some of us can do it like Justin. Some of us can't. Either way, I hope you got value here today. I hope this gave you a lot to think about. And I do hope you make a difference in this world, even if it's as small as you simply not paying the system. Maybe you file a business So that you get paid as a business and pay less taxes than you would as an individual. So you're taking thousands of dollars away from the government. To me, that's a win. You don't have to make the biggest change in the world. But you do need to analyze your life and see who's benefiting from your actions and your money. And if you're not at the top of that list, then you need to change it. And for today, guys, that's all I've got. I do appreciate you. Stay tuned. Until next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.